All right, AM six hundred KIV ABQ.fm, rockoftalk.com. Wow. Uh we we made it through, so we're gonna just power through the 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 show is being recorded. It is gonna have nothing after a uh, full show prepared uh and everything. Um that's that's where you go. <laughs> Not much you can go with, but we're gonna power through uh regardless. I've got to power up my uh computer here because it's got eleven percent battery, but um some weird things that are taking place. And then, of course, uh, you had yesterday the, uh, the the tumbling of the tree. I'm not sure if you guys saw that yesterday. Um, so I just uh, we're, it, hang in here with us. It'll be a totally different show. No music, no, uh, no, no rock and roll, no intros, no murder mic today, unfortunately, either. And there is another homicide. 123 to report on the year that just came out. In fact, let me read it to you directly. On the year that just came out. Oh, oh. hey, uh, Rudy, got to turn that down. Turn it down. There you go. Okay, so we're coming into uh, Rudy real time with that, and then we'll uh, bring Rudy up. So he he can't really hear me. He can faintly hear me, um, but that's the way it's going to be. So uh, Murder Mike says had another homicide about thirty minutes ago, and uh, this was as of three fifty three. Uh, thirty minutes ago, thirty four hundred Aztec Northeast male gunshot wound to the head was dead on arrival en route to uh, UNMH. Trying to get more details, we'll advise. So we're going to wait for all of that to come directly. Uh, that is one twenty three uh, on the year. Not sure, like, all of the strange things that are happening uh, here uh, in New Mexico, the strange weather as well. Uh, and I'm glad that you guys can hear me loud and clear, unlike yesterday. So that's, uh, that's another thing I think that's good. Uh, this posted uh, this morning. Last night's storm knocked down the beautiful old tree directly in front of St. Francis Cathedral. So that was a, um, uh, a pretty big doozy uh, as well. So that big tree that all of you guys go take pictures right before Christmas. And 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 doubt. I think it. I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the like the spiritual element of all this, right? Yes, and yes. Timing and everything. Just you know, ten days before Christmas. Uh, you know, I don't think that it would be something to to make a huge jump to say that there's something else going on here, just kind of connected uh, eerily uh, with what's happening. And uh, you know, New Mexico always seems to be in the middle of this this vortex of uh, spiritual energy and what's happening everywhere. I don't know how they do it, uh, but we do it uh, here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, a lot of you guys uh, checking in, and we appreciate you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick off first with a quick weather uh, and traffic update uh, from Rudy Grande. There is a long backup as you're heading into town coming off of Rio Bravo. I believe it's about a, uh, a mile and a half or so. Rudy, what do you got? Well, I do know I do know that the uh, I-25 it's going to be northbound that everything is really stopped up. I'm not sure if there's an accident uh, or not. I know we had one earlier, but I believe that had cleared. But nonetheless, still a very tough drive as you make your way pretty much from the Isleta Curve. And if you're heading southbound as well, that's going to get a little tricky as people are slowing down for whatever that activity is. The Rio Bravo itself is not much fun either westbound, while the trip driving into the sunset has got you about uh, maybe 10 to 15 miles an hour from uh, the railroad tracks out to the river and, in fact, all the way to Isleta. Southbound 25 also, that's going to be a tough struggle for you. From, uh, looks like, Osuna all the way to Montgomery, but at least accident-free. All right, this traffic report is brought to you by Amazing Grace Personal Care Services. If you'd like to uh, get together with the family and make sure mom and dad are taken care of after the holidays, Amazing Grace Personal Care Services, you can connect with them by going to homecare.theplaceilike.com. We're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. All right, now you can watch us, and Rudy, you're welcome to stand. You can directly watch us on rockoftalk.tv, but you won't see me. You will see Dowd and uh, 
Uh, it's going to be a, a, a weird look there. <laughs> for sure. uh, here on this uh, hump day, December 15th, the 349th day of 2021, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this is Bill of Rights Day. Yes, it is. Also, National Cupcake Day, we aren't. And uh, National Wear Your Pearls Day, however you might celebrate that. And the, uh, the, the big one that I'm into, National Cat Herders Day, always done this. And uh, I wish I could play the audio from what I have right here. Uh, today is, uh, uh, ironically enough, Gone with the Wind premiered at Lowe's Grand Theater back in Atlanta in 1939, Dowd. And uh, yes, frankly, frankly, dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> That's uh, the, maybe the greatest line in all of uh, cinematic history. Gone with the Wind also uh, banned in a number of places, not to mention, I believe off of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Paramount. I think we're listening to Rudy's stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Congress has now sent... Uh, Rudy, you there? Yep, let me turn that off. I know exactly what that is. Okay, I appreciate that. that. I, I love listening to the chimes. Like I said, it's going to be a show like no other here this afternoon, and we're going to power through. I don't care. We have to broadcast every single day. It's important uh, making sure that we get good news out to the people. And by good, I don't mean positive, uh, certainly that. So last night, the Biden 2.5 debt limit hike avoided the default, and it averted a catastrophic, a catastrophic excuse me, debt default early this morning after majorities in both chambers, and that's, of, of course, the House and the Senate voted to send a $2.5 trillion increase in the nation's borrowing authority. That officially puts us over, and no one is talking about this, not any of the mainstream media, uh, news media, not anybody, that puts us officially over $30 trillion down. So here was a marathon. Congratulations, America. We did it. You did it. Telephone. <laughs> there it is. You raised all the money for Jerry Lewis. Uh, hey, Rudy, come on. Come on, buddy. All right, so you have a, uh, I think Rudy's driving around checking traffic. So uh, his final approval went with only one Republican. Representative Adam Kinzinger uh, jumped on board with this, but uh, hey, that's what we expect from him. 221 to 209, and uh, I would just like to see Dow to make it interesting. Just one time where we would default and, you know, set everything into a uh, catastrophic, uh, you know, I think we, we're, we're due. We deserve it at this point. Uh, folks, this is, they, they were, they were trying to avoid, uh, essentially an economic crash if they would have defaulted. Now we've seen this happen time and time and time again. So what's happening, and this is a lot of this information is coming directly from the Associated Press, is they're pointing fingers and putting blame. And the Associated Press is directly putting it on, of course, just like Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump. And in fact, they're saying $7.8 trillion heaped onto the pile during Trump's four-year presidency, an analysis from the Treasury records show. Now, the nation's debt limit does little to curtail, uh, curtail for future debt, ladies and gentlemen. It just continues to go ahead and increase, and it will increase. This was brought back way back in uh, Woodrow Wilson's day. And if we were to default on this, which I think many of us would like to see, it would cripple markets, send the economy into tailspin, and shake global confidence in the United States. And that might just be what the doctor ordered. I think it's our comeuppance is due to a certain degree, uh, Dowd. We can't just keep kicking the, the, the can uh, down. Uh, three, I think we're three generations now. I think the estimate is it would take us, uh, if we were to start paying it since now, uh, with any benefits or, excuse me, any surplus that we might have, we might be able to put a nice dent in it uh, three generations, about 75, 80 years from now. Uh, your kids are going to be crippled uh, to the tune of 60, 65 trillion dollars just in the next 15 years alone. 
So McConnell is getting blamed uh, quite a bit, and that's because he went soft. Uh, he's working with Schumer and the Democrats, and this is all about jamming through another taxing and spending spree just to go ahead and keep the Democrats in power. Never mind the fact that they are absolutely deflecting, but I think this is at the crux of what should divide Democrats and Republicans, but it's not because both Democrats and Republicans right now are on board to go ahead and increasing that uh, debt limit. So it's nice that we had 209 people voting against it, but nonetheless, uh, it is passed. So Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah also criticized the process that Schumer and McConnell agreed to, which he warned could be used to future launder potentially unpopular votes. Lee said the process was intended to make the Republican votes last week appear as something other than helping Democrats raise the debt ceiling. So here we go. We have a current debt load of $28.9 trillion. With the increase of 25 that's put us at $32.4, or excuse me, $31.4 trillion, ladies and gentlemen. Social Security, Medicare, interest on the debt, COVID-19, all of that bottled directly in the additional $2.5 million. So who's going to pay for it? Well, shouldn't it be the richest amongst us? Well, that's what Elizabeth Warren thinks. And... Uh, she went directly after the richest person in the world, specifically on this debt ceiling raise. Uh, he says, or she says, I should say, let's change the rigged tax code so that the person of the year will actually pay taxes and stop freeloading off of everyone else. This is a man who is worth tens of billions more than the second richest person in Jeff Bezos. And I know you're a big fan of him, D. Dowd Muska. How did he fire back? Yeah, uh, great, great stuff from Elon here. Uh, I, he's a complicated man. I just, I don't know that I'm a fan of his so much that I just, uh, I respect what he's accomplished. He's nowhere near the corporate welfare queen that a lot of conservatives think him to be. Uh, and uh, he fired me. <laughs> this is classic. Stop projecting. Elizabeth Warren is a fraud. Her lies about being Native American disqualify her from the presidency and the Senate. Uh, I don't know if that's technically true, but it's a good to point out her, her, her lies. Um, you remind me of when I was a kid, and my friend's angry mom would just randomly yell at everyone for no reason. Please don't call the manager on me, Senator Karen. Uh, and I do think, you know, coming from New England, uh, I've encountered Elizabeth Warren quite a lot. My favorite Elizabeth Warren story was when she was running, running for, for U.S. Senate, and, and she was, I believe their audio was somewhere of this, but it wasn't reported, and there's no, no surprise uh, that, that this wasn't reported, but the talk show host, Howie Carr, had audio of this at an event. She said, you know, go out and, and campaign for our effort, you know, her wonderful left-wing Marxist populist campaign, and she said something like, you know, talk to your neighbors when you're, when you're at the tea shop in line. Turn around and talk to people about my candidacy. When you're at the cheese shop, the dedicated cheese shop, that, that I'm sure a large range of, of American voters in the, the great unwashed masses in the middle uh, are often find themselves at cheese shops. That's our, our Elizabeth Warren, the great populist. Yeah, I, I can't think of any time, Dow, that uh, I've ever been to an actual cheese shop. <laughs> I'm, I'm, probably I'm, trying think of, I'm trying to think of a, and, I, and nobody likes cheese uh, more than me, so. There you go, folks. The debt ceiling has been raised, $2.5 trillion, and uh, we are saddling that on future generations, at least by the time that you find out what's in the ingredients in <laughs> the COVID-19 shot, and we'll get to that uh, momentarily. Uh, then you might have a chance to go and pay it down, but we'd have to actually start today. Uh, by the way, uh, Elon Musk, 
anybody realize like how he gets his money? Through stock sales. It's the yep. only way he can pay his taxes. He doesn't carry any cash. He uh, he continues to pay into the system. And so every single time that he sells, and we'll talk about this uh, a little bit later on because these guys are cashing out big time. The richest people in the world right now are cashing out. I guess I should just touch upon that. Should, shouldn't I, Dowd? Yeah, uh, yeah. This was out of Bloomberg. <clears throat> and if you want to see a little bit about uh, the run on the markets and just how crazy uh, it's getting. Well, all of the richest people in the world are selling their stock shares in the biggest stock. They sold it to the tune of $42.9 billion of stock this year. Google founders Bryn and Page also have uh, made their first uh, sales uh, of the year as well. Zuckerberg sold Meta Platforms every weekday of this year. The founders of Google began to unload shares back in May. The transactions are part of a surge of selling by the very richest Americans. They've unloaded $42.9 billion, according to Bloomberg. The super wealthy hold on to the shares in companies that made their fortunes because realizing gains, guess what happens? It just triggers a tax bill from yep. the United States government. This isn't going to work very long. So you might think that they're making more and more money, but it's all on paper because I don't think these guys are seeing the amount of money that we state that they are worth. Elon Musk, the world's richest person. Get this. $12.7 billion is what he has sold in Tesla shares this year. So for the first time, he sold stock since 2016. Why? Well, he had a very, very different uh, look at taxes. In 2015, he paid... It, if this isn't a clear indicator we're going full commie in the United States, I don't know what is, Dowd. Honestly, you. When, you, when, you, when you see this, 2015, he paid 68 grand. It's 2017, 65. 2018, he paid no federal income tax. So between 2014 and 2018, he had a true tax rate of 3.27%. But again, he was only a quote unquote startup. He has a personal fortune of $253.6 billion. The largest taxpayer in the entire country is none other than Elon Musk to the tune of $13 billion. A year and when all of these things are complete and total unrealized gains so whether avoiding taxes was their goal or not selling in 2021 could actually help these billionaires save billions of dollars so musk framed his sales as tied to the outcome of a twitter poll some of the sale was pre-planned displayed a an awareness of his tax liabilities and he is being complimented by left-wing journalists such as bloomberg about his uh, tax acumen by selling his stock so there you go, folks. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. And uh, you can't call me. You can only text in this afternoon. Let's check on weather and traffic. Rudy Grande. Hi, it looks like it's going to be a toss-up if you're heading on to the west side. I know that Paseo del Norte westbound. Then it's really slowing up brighter. Hey, Rudy, you're clipping in and out. Gallon. Me. Uh, 
10 bullets. All right. Uh, well, there is no Rudy there. Hey, Rudy. Yeah, I think uh, Rudy's done ski, so we'll just kind of leave it. I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> Doubt. I don't know what's going it's never on. Never boring. Yeah, never boring here, but we're going to hang in there. So, um, And I don't really care. Uh, by the way, on this day back in 1973, John Paul Getty, grandson of American billionaire and the J. Paul Getty Museum, which is pretty awesome, found alive near Naples, Italy, after being kidnapped by an Italian gang uh, in July. A lot of that stuff happening in other countries uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, so... Be careful if you're doing any of your international traveling. Uh, not many of you are doing that right now. All right, let's get to Scotland, Omicron, and cancel culture. I had one of the best songs to kind of load up this front end. Uh, did, had you had you listened out? I should figure out a way to. I can't plug it in. There's just there it is. What do you do? <laughs> Uh, it's killing joke. Uh, I am the virus, uh, which is uh, and then the other one we had Dead Kennedy's government flu. Ooh. Have you heard that? I don't even I don't know. Recall that one. Yeah, this no, it's, I, it's, I like it's, it already though. <laughs> oh, you'll you'll totally love it. We're gonna have to. There it is. So let's see. Can you hear that? Yep. Yep. All right. We'll we'll do it that way. Here we go. This is good. Is that loud enough? Could go a little louder. All right. Let's see if we can get some gain. That better. There we go. We got a drug. We're going to try it out on you. Jello Biafra. There it is. Uh, A little loud there. We'll we'll move that back. That way, because my voice is booming. Oh, well, good stuff. Uh, So... We're going to tell you a little something here that uh, you need to know some good information they need to walk away with. I used to love the Dead Kennedys. Soup is good food. Uh, one of my favorite songs growing up. Okay, so Johnson & Johnson. And pay attention to the naming conventions here. And pay attention to the companies and the brands. Because right now they're trying to startle you with the Omicron, get you injected, making sure that you have what you need uh, so that you can go and protect yourself, right? Because they're so effective. You know, these these new Shots are so effective, aren't they? Well, here you go <clears throat> from Bloomberg and their Quint.com website. Johnson & Johnson's vaccines produce no antibody protection against Omicron virus variant in a laboratory experiment. Brand new, out today. You won't be told this on mainstream media. Underlying the new strain's ability to get around one pillar of the body's defenses, the vaccine appears to provide some some how about some go get the vax get the vax right now you need the vax go get it get vaxed up some defense against omicron perhaps by other means such as stimulation of immune cells you know, gotta jog those immune. that's why you need the vaccine you know what a vaccine is good for doubt it's good for jogging the immune cells you know ah, massaging okay. them yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's according to uh, penny morris south african virologist the findings are consistent with other studies that show a partial loss of potency against COVID-19 for a number of vaccines. Yes, we're going to get to other ones. Yes. So J&J's antibody protection looking very weak. In fact, non-existent. Non-existent. I quote, Omicron does indeed exhibit substantial immune escape from antibodies. 
The situation, I think, is even more alarming for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. There was no detectable neutralization in our assay. What is you going to rely on to go ahead and uh, evade Omicron, according to uh, Penny Moore, the South African virologist? Remember, that's where Omicron started. The body has other protections against the virus. Yes, that's right. Reduced antibody titters will likely result in decreased ability of vaccines to prevent infection, but protection against the severe disease will likely be preserved. What? So the vaccine appears to be preventing more serious disease, more severe disease in a study involving hundreds of thousands of South African health workers, but not Omicron, not COVID-19. Okay? That's not what... It's not why we're getting the vaccine, right? We're getting the vaccine because we're trying to defeat everything but COVID-19. So Pfizer's vaccine appeared to be 70% effective against Omicron virus and the hospitalized. So let's take a little deeper look into Pfizer. (laughs) Oh, boy. The Pfizer biotech COVID-19 vaccine has been less effective in protecting against hospitalization. Wait, Johnson & Johnson, wait, five. what's going to protect us? Neither one of these. The protection from the vaccine's primary two-dose regimen has dropped 70% in recent weeks against Omicron. This according to Discovery Health. Go get the vaccine as quickly as you can. If you don't have it, you're not going to be able to come in to our store, to our restaurant, to our establishment. You can't shop. You can't get out. You can't go to Pope Joy Hall. You can't go anywhere. That was down from 93% when the Delta was dominant variant of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Love that. Discovery scientists said Tuesday the CCP virus causes COVID-19. Protection against hospitalization decreased even more for ages. Here we go. Only 67%, age 60 to 69, 60% for those ages 70 to 79. You might recall just a few days ago when we were uh, getting into the Rona hell, we were looking at something very, very specifically, and that was the fact that your natural immune system seemed to be working better than any vaccine that you might take. That's according to a Swiss study, if I'm not mistaken, right? The power of natural immunity, according to Swiss policy research. I almost want to just keep going back to that because it makes so much incredible sense. Uh, let's check the top of the hour very quickly. AM 1600 FM and the Rock of Talk right here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 5 p.m. Uh, here in the Kiva. I think we're going to probably have some network come through here, Dad. Can you hear anything coming through at all? Not right now. Okay, good. We'll get back to that. Uh, pick up where I left off uh, there, Dowd, if you would, if you wouldn't mind. On yeah, the- and I, I, I think the the ineffective. If I could just add my own uh, take yes, here, it's, it's not my own. It's just listening to Alex Berenson, who from day one has been just so solid on this. Uh, yeah, and on Clay and Buck today. On Clay and Buck today, and I'll refer. Uh, you can just check out the website clayandbuck.com, and of course, you can hear Clay and Buck every day uh, on this radio network. Keep your dial right where it is, ladies and gentlemen. The, the governor, governor, not the mayor, mayor, the governor of New Jersey, according to uh, Alex, who I, I would almost trust without investigating at all, uh, has admitted 47% of people in the hospital in the Garden State right now are vaccinated. 40, that's almost half of the people in a state like New Mexico with a very high vaccination rate, deep blue state, uh, doctor disgrace, do what you're told, 40 Percent, and I think even more disturbingly, 
Alex, Alex raised a point that I've been wondering about for a while in terms of what's the quality of the data we're getting out uh, of, of the hospital community. And I know that New Mexico has been continues to report these very low levels of vaccinated people in the hospital or dying. I mean, much lower than what we've heard out of places like Vermont and Maryland and, and New Jersey, uh, where some of these you know, hospitalization and fatality rates are 50% north of 50%. New Mexico continues to report these very low numbers. You know, they, the unvaccinated represent a very small portion. They've been claiming it just, it sounded, it's always sounded a little. Uh, a very large portion that you mean. Right. They mean, uh, don't they suggest in New Mexico that the unvaccinated make a majority like it's Yes, they are still claiming that, that we are yeah. the problem. Right. Uh, okay. When we're and as Alex said, we're all biologically similar we're all over the planet. We're all the species Homo sapiens. We're all simians called Homo sapiens. Why would we see this? Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm doubting that. But, but what Alex said this morning was we've known for a long time. And this is pretty bold that the CDC is the numbers the CDC is offering are basically untrue. And there's a couple of reasons for that, and I think we need to do whatever we can. And we, I'd love to hear from people in the healthcare world who may be experiencing this. Um, the American healthcare system is so screwed up that the hospitals are not necessarily recording every vaccinated person as vaccinated when they come in. If you got vaccinated somewhere else, and you're old and you're sick, and you don't tell them that you were vaccinated, or you can't even remember where you were vaccinated at all, though you know you were, you may go into their system as unknown, which translates at the CDC level to unvaccinated. That's clearly been happening. I've talked to people in hospitals about that. I can't tell you how much it's been happening, but it has been happening. Uh, and according to Mr. Berenson, the takeaway is that something else, uh, this is just one more thing, that they have lied about, and I think I'm going to make this my quote of the day in the, in the Daily Blog. They have lied or been wrong about almost every crucial event in the last two years, and this is another one. Yep, this is just another one. And so so uh, the setup here is you have Johnson & Johnson and you have Pfizer. We don't have good data that's coming out, yet we have mandates that are taking place in New York City. We have a mask mandate that's just been implemented in California. Everyone's panicking. We don't have any. Do we, we, did we just receive our first death with Omicron, I think, uh, yesterday or today? Uh, we've had one death from the Omicron. Yet every, and we know that the effectiveness of the vaccines against uh, Omicron is is practically non-existence with Johnson Johnson and Johnson and down seventy percent for Pfizer. So here we are. This is the this is the terrain. This is the setup. How do we weather all of this? Well, <laughs> one is you say let's go let's go Brandon. Right? I'm not going to take the vaccine. I'm not going to put up with what you're selling me because I don't agree with it. Companies are starting to also do that, but you know, still with some cautionary thing. And Alex Berenson, he himself also says, well, you still need to get tested if you're going to go ahead and do that, but you don't need necessarily need to get vaxxed. And the, the argument against the vaccination is, A, we don't know what's in it. B, it's not effective. Why do we want to put it? And C, it's not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. So let's not lose sight of the important components as to why we are not taking the COVID-19 vaccine. Generally speaking, the vaccines, when they're developed, take anywhere from three and a half to four years. I don't need to remind you of that. Also, you can't develop a vaccine in the middle of the mutation because you're accelerating the mutation while you're doing the gene therapy. And that's what we've seen. I don't know that we're talking about the cycles 
and the uh, the uh, of of COVID nineteen from the Delta from the original to the Delta to the Omicron and all the others that are uh, in between that I have uh, failed to mention. I don't know that we have seen a higher level of mutation. I don't know why we're not talking about that. I think that's a reasonable question now to ask is how quickly is the cycle? What is the uh, velocity, uh, if you will? You know, when you throw a ball, it has velocity and it spins faster and going faster. And I think what we see coming out of the shoot of COVID-19, 21 months, uh, two days in, what you're looking at effectively is something that we're accelerating its development. So we're, we're sort of putting the gun to our head, so to speak, and pulling the trigger. We're playing a game of Russian roulette. The more experimental we get on this, and these companies are making a boatload of money, a boatload of money. I don't know what the stock is for Pfizer or Johnson Johnson. Look it up if you don't mind, Dowd, real quick. But I can only imagine if you're looking at the five years hence, of these companies and you compare the last four years to the most recent year for both Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. And I think Moderna is out of the game right now, as far as uh, Omicron is concerned, because they've had a number of things that have gone back against them. In fact, that was the, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, we wouldn't call it the death shot, but uh, the, the least, the most questionable Moderna is uh, in, in terms of that. So, I think as we look at this, we, we want to say that a bottom line, that there is a level of motivation here by these drug companies and the government to get you on board with this. What do you see in those stock prices, Dowd? Uh, yeah, just very quickly, uh, I think you're so right, Eddie. We even I don't think I'm uh, aware enough of this kind of quandary we're in where, as you said, it took years and years to develop these vaccines. We've never been trying to inoculate people as the disease itself has been introduced in these early years because we, we took the time in the old days and didn't rush something into production and the disease went through the population. And yeah, any disease is going to kill the weakest among us or the, or the least fit. I don't mean fit in any moral sense, but just from nature's perspective, the less fit to, to take this thing on. Um, and we've heard from a couple of virologists and epidemiologists over the last year and a half, you know, you don't try to vaccinate when the, when the, when the disease is sort of raging through the population. Uh, it spurs these mutations. Uh, and, and it's just, it's kind of a counterintuitive thing because we all think if we're sick, take the medicine, whatever it is, take it, take it, take it. But, but you have to seven up. You have a, your stomach doesn't feel good. Uh, Dow, drink seven up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or Coca-Cola is my old Irish grandmother gave me. Um, but uh, again, if we had real debate and discussion in this country, maybe that issue could have, could have been raised, but of course we're, we're just supposed to shut up and do what we're told. Uh, Pfizer, I'll give you specifically, and uh, later on I can get the other ones for you, Eddie. Uh, right yeah. as this began, yeah. Pfizer was around $31 okay. uh, March of 2020. They're $58.80 as of today. So wow. Repeat that one more time. What, what, what were they start at? Uh, when, when all this kicked out, uh, kicked under, got under a kicked off uh, in er, early March, they were about thirty, a little bit under thirty-one dollars, uh-huh. and they are soaring toward fifty-eight as of uh, sorry, fifty-nine as of today. So a near doubling in the last year and a half. Oh, uh, wow! Well, just uh, right, right, right spot on. It's not hard to figure this kind of stuff out, folks. You pay enough attention, you see it right there. So, Amtrak amongst many others, okay, and Amtrak is just one, said it will suspend its COVID-19 vaccine mandate. You heard us talk about that yesterday, and it no longer expects any service disruptions. Now, there's two pieces to this. There's two pieces to the story, and I want you to pay very close attention to. The first piece is Amtrak's doing a good thing. They've got 500 Amtrak workers who are unvaccinated. They say, well, you can go get tested. Uh, we need you there. 
we need you at work. Take the test and you're good to go. So Amtrak's going back to its original vaccine mandate that it announced, which allows regular testing of unvaccinated workers, which is probably what you, but I don't think the unvaccinated workers should have to pay for it. That's my opinion there. <laughs> uh, the memo also added that Amtrak employees required to submit testing and fail to do so will be placed on unpaid leave of absence, which means uh, firing. Now, here's the second part of this. Now, remember, these companies are incentivized to behave exactly how the government wants them to behave. And at that point, they cease becoming private businesses. If you are doing every single thing that the government is telling you and acting as its agent, you are the government. There's no two ways about it, okay? If you are a private company and you're mandating something that is unmandatable, I don't even know if that's a word, but let's just go with it, that is unconstitutional, you, my friends, are also working for the government. So essentially, we've got more and more people working for the government under their edicts. Why would Amtrak want to go ahead and say, oh, we'll let you go ahead and work? We want to because they can't find any employees. People are checking out labor participation rates in blue states dwindling quickly. Labor, and that's where a lot of Amtrak is. Of course, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, you know, Florida, a lot of these places where uh, Amtrak uh, gets in and out and on its way. Midwest, right? A lot of blue states there. Why would Amtrak behave this way? Well, because they're getting paid. Ladies and gentlemen, the debt ceiling has been raised $2.5 trillion in addition to the $28.9 trillion of debt that we have already created and the $7.5 or $7.8 trillion that they said that they did over the four years of Donald Trump's presidency. Well, Amtrak, without having to you know, hire a conductor or move a train up and down the railroad tracks, will receive $22 billion dollars an additional 36 billion dollars for competitive grants you think they want to stay in business i think they do because they'll continue to hold their hands out for exactly that i don't even know what the market cap is of amtrak if i were to look at the market cap let's 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 just look at this real quick market cap amtrak i doubt it's half that much Amtrak stock quote, stock stock, pro, uh, stock quote today. If we're looking at the market cap, let's see if we can find this. Oh, they're going to make me subscribe now. See if you can find it faster than me. Apparently, stock market. Well, it's, a, it's a federal corporation. I don't think it sells stock. Uh, doesn't? Is it really a federal corporation? Yeah, $3.4 billion annual revenue for Amtrak, by the way, is $3.4 billion. That's as... That's as of 2018. That's what that's uh, what federally charted corporation with preferred stock, all owned by Uncle Sucker. Oh, there it is. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Uh, they do have a net income of negative 817 million in 2018. So even before COVID, they sucked. Uh, they just soak up more and more cash. What is the need? Because this is all part of uh, Biden's Build Back Better. Had a negative 372.1 million cash from operating activities. They literally lost money to run their train and they're getting $22 billion. Now I, I went down a little bit on the rabbit hole of that and uh, Dow, thanks for the education as uh, always. I appreciate that, but let's, uh, let's get back to this. That's your money going into a failing endeavor, which is rail. It's not just the rail runner, ladies and gentlemen at $27 million a year. I think Dow. 
Um, but uh, it actually would be cheaper for you to take an Uber to Santa Fe than it costs for the state of New Mexico to go ahead and pay for the fail runner. 550-50-500. That's 550-50-500. Only text today. We are uh, broadcasting without commercials, without any other audio uh, as we I, I can't use the board in the other room. So I, I did have a one good piece of news before I continue on the Scotland Omicron and the uh, COVID, um, by the way, doubt. And uh, this came in late this afternoon from the insurance company. And I'm going to be the bad news is it's going to take 45 to 60 days to replace the board. The good news is they're going to replace the board down. So nice. there we go. So that's. That's uh, we, we needed that thing. That thing was good for another 30 years. So uh, there you go. All right. So let's go back to Scotland uh, for whatever re- for whatever reason. Ironically enough, with, uh, you know, Mel Gibson yelling freedom at the end of his uh, 1990, was it 94, 95 uh, movie doubt, um, yes. you know, right freedom. It's anything but freedom in Scotland. Not only did we tell you about the restrictions and the mandates and we're su- suggesting that you don't go out. People in Scotland have now been asked to limit socializing to three households at a time. That's right. Shops and hospitality venues will also be told to bring back physical distancing and screens. Can't shop. They also said that Scotland is facing a tsunami. (laughs) Last we checked, what was it? Uh, (laughs) What was it? Uh, uh, This is good, John. Quit calling it Build Back Better program and call it what it really is, the Build Back Bankrupt program. Okay, we'll we'll call it that, Build Back Bankrupt. There we go. Um, That's good. They'll bring back physical distancing and screens. Uh, The tsunami, uh, we're not even over uh, 1,000 of the Omicron in Scotland, but in the weeks ahead, they will have a very significant impact on health services. We'll touch upon that a little bit later here. Uh, I guess in Arizona, Banner Health is uh, crumbling and not scheduling any surgeries uh, beginning in January because uh, there are, have so many people that are coming in. But I digress. They said, however, the government says, if you do plan on socializing either at home or in indoor public places, we're asking that you limit the number of households represented in your group to a maximum of three. And make sure you test. Make sure you test before you go. First Minister has stressed that she's not asking anyone to cancel the Christmas plan. No, no, no. Hey, hey, I'm just letting you know. At the end of the day, all you can do in the run-up to Christmas is you can visit three households. That's it. That, that's the max you can go ahead and do. So places of worship, however, Dowd, will remain open. So it's nice to see that the oh. Jesus is the reason for the season, unlike uh, what uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham tried to pull on um, um, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Pastor Steve over at Legacy last year. You might well, remember well, I, um, it was I, the invasion I, I, of the candlelight video last year do you remember I'm glad, that? I'm glad to hear that but uh according i just got a bbc report from my sister the stonehaven fireballs festival one of scotland's most famous events has been canceled for the second year in a row tradition says the ceremony scares away the spirits from one year and brings good luck for the next crowds gather to watch the procession make its way through the town with the fireballs being thrown into the harbor and they will not be. We're getting back to normal. I can feel it. We're, we're getting back to normal. It's just, just right do what you're told. We'll give us our lives back. We're we're getting back to normal. I don't know about you, folks. I can really feel like at 2022. I don't know that I've ever looked better, more forward to a year than I have 2022 down. How about you? Oh, oh my God! Resist, resist. Let me let me go. Should I go back? Should I go back to our broadcast from two weeks ago? And if you red states think you're, think you're going to get away with this, uh, let me introduce the uh, the midterm elections of 2022. 
<laughs> yeah. This is what New York, California, Illinois, yeah. New Mexico are all doing. You are going to be voting from your computer screen from home with your asses in the chair. That's what's going to end up happening because you won't push back. You absolutely will do every single thing that the government tells you to do at this point. And we're, we're, I just want to be Scotland, I guess. New Mexico wants to be Scotland. That's where Michelle Lujan Grisham recently was. So here it is. No more than two people to visit a patient in the hospital at any one time. Hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, I know this might be your last Christmas, but it's only two of us coming this year, and we'll cycle in. Business to care home residents should not involve any more than two households at a time. Business is legally required to take steps to reduce the spread of COVID. Legally required. I don't know. How, how do you do that? How do you? How are you legally required? We're watching you. The spread, huh? <sighs> the return of measures to cut down crowding in shops and bars. So, uh, physical distancing and the use of protective screens inside hospitality venues, and a legal requirement for employers to enable staff to work from home where possible. That's the only good one right there. Do you see a legal requirement for employers to enable staff to work from home? Oh, not here. Not in New Mexico. You must be back at work. You must be vaxxed. You must be masked, and you must go to work. That's what Lanel's doing. That's what Sandia National Lab is doing. Let me tell you, it's not going to be able to go ahead and make it past, I, I don't think, uh, probably mid-January, hopefully, if you guys can go ahead and uh, uh, keep the faith. Other uh, things happening in uh, Scotland, the, uh, they have a plan B uh, in England, I guess. These new measures for Scotland do not face the resistance from the conservatives or their oppositions. So they're able to do whatever they want. Sound familiar? Yeah, the supermajority that's almost there with one more person in the Senate up in New Mexico in the House. They have uh, 46, 24, so they're 61, 62 percent. Yeah, this is what happens when there's no resistance and nobody able to fight back. Okay, we're right now. You know what the Republicans and I digress here on on this point. What are the Republicans fighting the most? They're fighting the redistricting in which we just had our asses handed to us. In the latest map, thank God for the Native Americans who decided to step up and the Democrat soft spot for the Native Americans. I think a Republican Party should rename itself just so that it can go ahead and get, you know, some some level of uh, uh, affection, if you will, or understanding from the Democrats. I think we should be called the Native American Party. Dad. What do you think? <laughs> a good rebranding attempt there. I, I'm behind it. I think it's more politically correct. And I think it would be better. Okay, so uh, here we are uh, in Scotland. They're, they're questioning the detailed arrangements for getting financial support to businesses and accelerating the delivery of COVID jabs. So they're going to go ahead and make them whole. But are they really? Well, all that turkey that's ruined, Christmas bonuses for what? You didn't go to work. You were staying at home. I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have become communists in this country without actually having to ad adopt it because in communism, communism, you don't get any choices. You don't get a direction. You don't get a choice of what to do. If this feels like communism, it's because it is understand that. All right. We got to study the origins of this. And I thought that this was uh, very interesting because remember this was manufactured and we've talked about the Chinese, the Wuhan lab and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're still, trying to cultivate the origins of that. And, and it's a lot of brick walls, a lot of uh, dark alleys with no information and no input. 
So now Taiwan, a more responsible, soon to be Taiwan, should I say soon to be China? Dow, is that, that that's reunited true? and it feels, feels so, so good. good. All right, so Taiwan will be reunited. With, folks, you just gotta laugh. I'm I'm trying to laugh. Just trying to look. I worked through the the board kinks there. There we are. I mean, if I had to go to the tower and go broadcast, I would go straight down to the. Dow knows I would do it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, nothing happened. I'm just gonna take my laptop to the tower and go broadcast. Yeah, because it would be the same exact. Just give me a mic. Let's just start talking. We don't need the TV and the app and all the doodads and the music and all the inter- all the song and dance, right? All the uh, hullabaloo. So, anyway, pardon me. Uh, Taipei and Ta- Taiwan, okay, found that a researcher working in a biosafety level three BSL three, much more responsible than the Wuhan, had tested positive for the Delta variant of COVID nineteen while, quote-unquote, experimenting on the virus in the lab. Now, so what, right? Oh, this is exactly what happened with the Wuhan. This is how we know that it came out of the Wuhan China virus, uh, China lab. Chen Shi Sheng, the head of Taiwan Central Epidemic Command Center, that sounds so official, we don't even know who the hell was working in China, confirmed that the female researcher had tested positive for COVID-19 after being, quote-unquote, exposed to the pathogen during research that was conducted in mid-November at the Academia Sinica Genomics Research Center in Taipei. Well, here's the uh, skinny. So Taiwan has had not had any recent cases of COVID-19. It is an island. It is completely, is it pretty much COVID-free? When, I know that we can track that somewhere, like the WHO or the CDC can track Taiwan. Look, look at Taiwan over the last month out. See if there's any recent cases. Chen stated, we believe the possibility of infection from the workplace is higher because we have zero confirmed infections in the community. <laughs> the researcher had been bitten by a mouse during two separate incidents. There you go. Bat meet mouse. Mouse meet bat. It's the same thing. The darn thing has wings. The other one didn't. James Lau, the president of Academia Sinica, cited six separate failures that contributed to the infection incident. Nice to be able to get that. Thank you, James. It included failure to duly report a scientist being bitten by a lab mouse, not working with lab mice in a biosafety cabinet, not following protocols and removing hazmat suits, new personnel not receiving adequate training, lack of supervision and monitoring during experiments, and lax management in lab practices. I wish we could get just one of those out of the Wuhan China lab other than to say, hey, it didn't come from here. We have no idea. I don't know. We were the first to get it, but we weren't working on anything here because all they were doing is kicking the can down the road. So the BSL-3 lab, which mandates the use of personal protective equipment, right, PPE, biosafety cabinets, sustained directional airflow without a recirculation as well, self-closing and interlocked doors. This thing is secure. That's a BSL-3 lab. Does anybody know what rating the Wuhan virus, Wuhan lab is? That would be a, the Wuhan Institute of Virology has a less secure BSL-2 lab. Where did did COVID-19 come from? It came from Wuhan. We just have to go ahead and, sorry, pardon, pardon the cultural appropriation here, Chinese engineer it, which means reverse engineer it. That's what they do. So as context, Rutgers University biologist Richard Ebright stated BSL-2 is the biosafety level of a U.S. dental office. The Wuhan 
Institute of Virology has the safety of a U.S. dentist office. Lockable doors, screen windows, sterilizer gown, gloves, and you're good to go. So if coronavirus work was happening there at the Wuhan, which we know it was, it should definitely not have been happening at BSL-2. That is roughly equivalent to a standard dentist office. Anybody ever have a toothache after you leave the dentist's office? And a prominent early supporter of the natural origins narrative, Columbia University virologist Ian Lipkin changed his mind about the virus's origin after the Wuhan Institute admitted it conducted its coronavirus experiments at its own BSL-2 lab. There you go. It shouldn't have happened, he said. People should not be looking to bat vir- at bat viruses in BSL-2 labs. Lipkin said that he now considers the lab leak to be the way that the Wuhan Institute started COVID-19 and that his quote-unquote view has changed. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. An interesting milestone today, uh, D. Dowd Muska. I'm sure all of the local news networks are going to tell us to mask up and that we're not doing our part because every time there's a milestone, Dowd, you know what comes with that. It comes with increased vigilance that only you and the vaccinated are stopping COVID-19. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. The grim new milestone. They love that phrase over and over oh, again. Uh, apparently, we have crossed 800,000 uh, fatalities in our country. Eddie, we'll ha- we haven't discussed this in a while, but let us reiterate the difference between dying from coronavirus and dying with coronavirus or yes. this particular variant of, of coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2. Uh, just because you had a PCR test approximately around the time that you shuffled off this mortal coil. It it doesn't necessarily mean you died from it. We know that these comorbidities are through the roof. Uh, People with diabetes, hypertension, obesity, uh, lung issues, you know, COPD and cancer and emphysema. Uh, This is, this disease is a killer and I don't agree at all with the kooks running around talking about it's 5G or uh, it doesn't exist. it's a killer if you're in that high-risk zone. Someday, maybe, we'll have some PhD. We'll go back and look at a, a sample size of all of these records and determine what were real coronavirus deaths. Uh, Eddie, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the real number is maybe 50% of 800,000. Yeah, I, I think uh, we know that the hospitals were incentivized to go ahead and create more COVID-19 infections. It led to the bottom line. and. We'll have to just leave it at that, and we'll trust that the hospitals are doing, you know, that they're transparent and doing the best work, but uh, you can't even get your doctor or your nurse to be transparent with you. Hey, how about we try this? We'll try this first. If it doesn't work, we'll we'll do this next. And then if that doesn't work, we'll do that. Like, you never get to – why don't we just do the thing that you think would actually work first? Can, can, can I get an amen on that? No. Remember, the bottom line for every hospital is the most important thing. Why else do doctors go to uh, work for or go to school for that length of period? They don't go to be poor, okay? They have to make money. You might want to say that we're satisfying the Hippocratic Oath uh, with our doctors after they take it, and then they advance, say, you need to go ahead and take the vaccine, and we're going to mandate it. It's the only way to go. Are they really upholding the Hippocratic Oath at that part? If you have a doctor that's ramming the vax down your throat, you got to ask the doctors, like, hey, bro, what gives? What, what, what's going on here? So it might be 50% out. I think, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe 300,000. I w- I'd go hedge a little bit uh, higher at that. Oh, and uh, a final, a final word on Taiwan, yeah, sure. Eddie, before we, we move on, uh, 23.5 million, approximately people live in Taiwan. We're looking at a population that's about 10 times New Mexico. Yeah. There have been only 849 
according to the official statistics, 849 fatalities. Uh, what's their vaccination rate out there? In, oh, uh, good question. I think that's uh, what we really want to know so is who is vaccinated in Taiwan? Do they care about being vaccinated? I think that's what I want to know. All right. Uh, I am going to... I'm going to a, a, an, a, I'm going to go see the five Browns on Friday night, by the way, over at Pope Joy Hall. So I got to go take a test. So I got to reach out to uh, Net Medical and uh, get myself a test because I have to present my test status before I'm allowed to go ahead and walk into Pope Joy Hall. I'd like to know if my tickets are refundable in the event that I test positive. <laughs> Is that, is that a, can I get an answer on that? Uh, I just learned uh, in preparing the uh, Daily Blast for tomorrow that yeah. if you want to go to the inauguration okay. of uh, the mayor of Santa Fe, Ooh. the very deeply talented the, 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 uh, the management Bevin. guru, you have to be vaccinated. Rumors he has a boyfriend who's an elected state official. Just going to throw it out there. Okay. My boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble. I've got the, I've got the straight skinny as always. Uh, the Kiva is inbound, full of information, and uh, <clears throat> let's uh, <clears throat> Santa Fe, New Mexico. Well, what was the name? Is it the Lensic, right? I don't even uh, know what it's playing up there. That's a great place. I saw Aaron Neville up there. That was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed uh, doing that. But I mean, all arts are pretty much you know pretty much done at this point uh lion king returned to the lyceum theater at the west end that of course is a london town uh west end hits the lion king and the life of pyre among a number of shows that have been forced to now cancel their performances due to covid19 lion king called off shows on tuesday wednesday due to covid enforced absences life of pie one of my favorite movies boy have you ever been have you ever been caught on a uh, on anything next to a tiger doubt uh, recently, I just took my children to uh, the Mirage, which just got sold. Of course, of course. They're now going to knock it down and turn it into a giant guitar, just in case. Just in case Las Vegas wasn't tacky enough. <laughs> where where are the tigers going to go? I'll take one. I don't, I don't know, but the uh, dolphin and the tigers, like that's the closest I've ever been to a tiger. I think that I think that witch Carol Baskin, she's going to try to take yeah, all them tigers is. from Las um, Vegas. Gonna, by the way, she's not going to get her release on the on the second go around. It looks like so. I think the, she she tried to to keep it from going, but there's too much interest in um in in the uh, what what's his name? What's the guy that Joe Exotic? Joe Exotic. There it is. I knew it's right there. So Life of Pi at Wyndham Theater pulled five shows from nine to thirteenth of December. The Royal Shakespeare Comedy uh, of Errors at the Barbecue <laughs> Barbican in London also canceled. I almost said barbecue, and that was hilarious. Also canceled all performances until the twenty second December. Due to COVID. That's right. This company said it's scrapping performances was, quote, unquote, a last resort. But was it? Well, it's nationally run. I don't think it was. And it's all about making sure that there's that fear. Can you imagine these people during this time not being able to perform? Haven't had perform. And these, remember, these are uh, performers, by and large, are introverted extroverts. Yes. Uh, I would also call them depressives. Yes. Okay? <laughs> they no, you, you know these the uh, thespians. If you yep, know what yep, if you yep. know a true thespian, someone who like only breathes when they're on stage, and if you understand, like that's the time that they feel most alive. Uh, th- this unbelievable photograph that's there in front of the BBC. I will tell you. I, I I don't mind telling you that these people, these depressives, I wouldn't be surprised 
if many of these quote unquote performers start taking their lives after having two years, two years, and they are the most festive. They were the most flamboyant. They are the most, uh, uh, dare I say, connected people. Uh, they are the life of anything. This is why I was so incredibly, incredibly depressed after you know, our orchestra and our you know, opera and all that kind of stuff was, was shut down because it really is the, the lifeblood of, of the, I mean, it's, it's date night, it's connection, it's, it's getting out, it's seeing things, it's, it's, it's realizing like this, things are really beautiful. And all of those wonderful, wonderful people from whatever endeavor they're from, they bring all of that. So a very depressing time pre-Christmas for them to do it. Nobody is evaluating or thinking about the mental health of these people who literally have, like, like you need food. These people need to perform. These people absolutely need to. Am I wrong, Dowd, in saying that? They, they, no, you're, you're not at all. I mean, you're taking away, I mean, a lot of these people are young people. You sort of have to be young and healthy to prance around on the stage and sing and act. Um, so they've got, they're, they're forced to take a jab of a substance that puts them more at risk for what we're finding out about heart disease, heart issues, uh, than the actual disease they're supposed to be protected from. And then you're locking them down when they need, as Eddie says, they need to perform. This idea that, uh, is quoted in the BBC article, Eddie, that this was the last resort. Uh, it seems to me this is the first resort for a lot of the lock, the natural lockdown owners. I could not agree more. Boy, that coffee is great at uh, 534 in the uh, afternoon. That uh, great Kauai coffee, uh, the uh, only American grown besides the, the Kona blend. Uh, 550-5500. Should I read some some text of all the people who are texting in down? I think we sure, should. Sure. Uh, Murder Mike, you can't come on. So you're going to have to just, let's see. Oh, he's got, uh, let's see. You sound, you know, he has a recording that he thinks he's. It didn't come through, Murder Mike, so you want to text me if you would. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. <clears throat> this from this from my good friend. Uh, we'll call him uh, K, K-I at protonmail.ch. I love your email address. Take a look at this for the Delta, Eddie. You can see when the shot was administered, when the uh, Delta pop. Isn't it amazing that we're keeping all these listeners while we're having this uh, Non-entertaining show, doubt. I think it's, <laughs> We're I think doing it's a real testament. Oh, by the way, KKOB is now third in the ratings, uh, which is very interesting. We don't buy the ratings uh, of any of that stuff, but uh, something you might want to know. So it talks about back in 5-2020, the U.S. mRNA trials began. And then uh, it goes all the way to the U.S. healthcare workers uh, and, and their trials, it looks here. He highlights something called the 21A, which is the Delta that started, let's see, Delta started about May of 2020, according to this. Yeah, so it picked up there. And then you see these. See, this is okay, This is like too smart for me. Uh, so here we are. 100 million mRNA shots given three ni- by 319.21. Delta explodes after all the mRNA shots uh, have been given. Just as we suspected. Well, what was that number again? 47% of the people who are in the hospital. Uh, in Jersey hospitalized, yeah. Uh, vaccinated, vaccinated, uh, vaccinated. All right. Uh, wholly owned subsidiary of Honeywell International Managing San Diego Corporation for the Department of Energy is considered, quote, unquote, quasi-governmental entity as well. That's N-T-E-S-S. 800,000 total deaths. They are not looking at this year over year. 365,000 from 320 to 1220. Another 433,000 from 121 to 1221. How many are vaxxed damaged? How many are vaxxed damaged? I think that's a, a good question. 
Uh, Martin said, Martin says, great show tonight. Orale. That sounds good. Understand. Yeah. Just text it out if you don't mind. Uh, Eddie, the Lensic Theater, I saw Star Wars in seventh grade. In the 70- they used to feature movies there. That would be a great place. If you didn't have to sit with the uh, silver hair ponytail crowd uh, out there. I started my fast at four o'clock. Um, oh, do you want to hear? Uh, should I should I talk about my fast real quick? Do you want to hear? Go about for it? it. So this is kind of incredible. So I've drank 85 ounces of liquid uh, today. Yesterday I was up to 155. Uh, uh, Monday I was at 159. Sunday I was at 123. I have this. If you want to do this with me, you guys can can do this. I have 13,233 steps today. Um, my goal is just 10,000, but you know, I walk like five and a half, six miles. I do this thing called iFit, which is pretty cool. It's on a uh, walker. You gotta, you gotta jump on it. And then, um, I'm not going to tell you what I eat, uh, cause that would be weird uh, to share that with you and not actually be at a table with you. But I started, uh, let's see, my goal is to lose, uh, 80 pounds. Dow, do you want to you want to guess how far I am since November the twenty seventh? I'm just going to say you're a quarter of the way there. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Eighteen point six pounds is the nice. uh, total. Much, yeah. And you kind of like build it in uh, in a keto diet, by the way. And you know, I'm practicing for the concentration camps. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> offended, offended. <laughs> the unvaccinated. I'm. I'm I'm, I'm I'm preparing for my unvaccinated uh, camp, uh, much like uh, Australia. So, um, folks, it's 18.2. Excuse me. Uh, I need 61.8 until my target goal. And there's all like sorts of weird health benefits. And I'm not getting that hungry or hangry or anything like that. So if you want to join with me, I would start doing it since now. Uh, the stuffing's not going to taste as good. The cranberries aren't going to taste as good this year. All that kind of stuff. Uh, everyone orders in Christmas now, uh, from a number. I, I literally have people calling me and say, do they cater? Like, isn't half the, isn't half the battle cooking, uh, and all of this. Um, uh, so anyway, there you go. Uh, okay. Before I digress any further, let me get to more of your text messages and uh, sharing that <clears throat> Eddie, don't take the test. I'm going to take the test cause I'm going to go to Pope joy. I, I haven't been to, uh, Pope joy or anything like that in some time. And I'm going to go to Pope joy. I'm not going to, um, diets are temporary. I don't know about this one. I'm gonna 20 and a four. Do you know how to? I went from 12 to 14 to 16 to 18 to 20. Because in my opinion, I don't know if I have just weathered. I figured out like I don't need to eat much. I, I really don't. So uh, I'm gonna take the test and I'm going to Pope Joy because I'm gonna see five Mormon relatives, young siblings with each other, all got admitted to Juilliard, and I'm gonna watch them duel on the piano. So. Um, it's, it's, I, I need to hear some Christmas music. Boycott Pope, Pope Joy. Just say no. I'm going to go. Can't get me. Uh, is it a change of lifestyle, not a diet? Well, I'd say I changed my lifestyle then. Why don't you uh, stop raining on my parade? <clears throat> 80 pounds, you won't be able to see you. Well, maybe not. <laughs> who knows? Uh, Eddie, quit calling it the bill. Okay, uh, get with the program. It will be in the Indigenous People's Party. <laughs> yes. That is is Native American better for the Republican Party doubt or Republic or is it Indigenous People's Party? What do you like? I that? like it. I, I like, I like it. The marketing. Yeah. The Indigenous People's Party. You can get people to vote. For, I think. Who knows people. more about the failures of socialism than the people on our our tribal <laughs> lands? <laughs> yes, you can come pick up your. Uh, you can pick up the fried bread uh, at the local industrial space uh, every every first week, every first Tuesday of the month. So pick up, pick it up. Uh, so I'm guessing President Brandon should step down right now. 
He said with the number of deaths that Trump had in his presidency, he should have stepped down. President Brandon has eclipsed that number. I would agree. With Excellent. That. Yeah, I like that. Uh, let's see. Joe Show checks in. New Mexico's toast. Uh, not quite yet. After two years of time, we try something else. I don't know what to do. Uh, let's see. Michelle Lujan Grisham has put out a tweet. This holiday season is my favorite time of year, she says. <laughs> And this year, I want to kick off the celebration with the 12 days of delivering for New Mexicans. My God, how could you lie, lie this much? <laughs> Each day, I'll share the ways my administration has made the difference <laughs> for New Mexicans. It's on our Twitter. Businesses and communities this year. The 12 days of delivering for New Mexicans. Wow. Day two of 12 days delivering for New Mexicans. Standing up for women's rights has never been more important. I'm proud that under my leadership, New Mexico is one of the few states to advance access to reproductive health care and abortion in 2021. There you go. That's there you the go. Christmas, uh, that's the abortion Christmas. is the reason for the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She repealed the 1969 criminal abortion statute that punished women and their doctors. Yes. Now you're forcing doctors to do abortions. Sounds Christmassy to me, Michelle Luan Grisham. Day three of 12 days of delivering for New Mexicans. This year, my administration legalized cannabis. See, you can get high and, uh, you know, make a baby and then kill it when you're done. Fulfilling a promise to the people of New Mexico who overwhelmingly supported the effort. Legalized cannabis will create thousands of New Mexico jobs and bring in millions of revenue. There it is. Wow. Uh, let's see. Day one, by the way, was... Under my administration, New Mexico delivered for hard-hit small businesses and frontline workers, some of those impacted most by the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, we'll see who she's up against in the Republicans. I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence right now. Um, more like build back BS. What bonus? I didn't get one. Yeah, a lot of you guys didn't get one. Matt didn't get one. Uh, my philosophy for 2022, embrace the suck. I have a patch. <laughs> I literally have a pat. Do you know how much easier it is for me to do the show sitting down? You sound different. <laughs> Are you aware of like how di how I never do the show sitting down? You don't. I've never just, seen you I was sit down. Marking like I, I can't see you, but you, I'm literally having to sit down because I'm sitting in Dow's chair where he's normally at, and he's over at his place at his house right now. So, um, yeah, this is the I could do a show for ten hours sitting down, no problem. Um, I'm not going to. Maybe the rail runner can take a hint from how to make money from Amtrak. <laughs> it does. It gets money from the government. Watching Real America's Voice this afternoon, they had a COVID whistleblowers program. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know somebody who has not been vaxxed? Turn them in here. Part of the report was Operation Veritas recordings of researchers from Pfizer. They all mentioned NDAs, and everyone said it was all about money. They're all prohibited from revealing problems with vaccines. They did not realize they were being recorded. Ooh, can we find that on uh, the Project Veritas for tomorrow? Okay. Uh, see if you can find that. That would be good. Um, they, they've they done everything they can to uh, the poor guy at Project Veritas. Forwarded to me from Susie Gao. Comments to the OMB guidance regarding the revised Federal Workforce Task Force guidance for federal contractors has to do with COVID jabs. Comments due tomorrow. If doubt could include in the Daily Blast, I'm reviewing to comment now. This is from Julie. And it's uh, regulations.gov forward slash document. Uh, this one here is determination regarding the revised safer federal workforce task force guidance for federal contractors in the revised economy and the efficiency analysis. 
According to the summary and the action is no determination request for comments, the director of the Office of Management and Budget determines that compliance by federal contractors and subs with the COVID-19 workplace safety protocols detailed in the Safer Workforce Task Force. Can we just come up with an acronym for once, liberals? Guidance to be issued on November 10th will promote economy and efficiency in federal contracting by reducing. Oh, here it is. You're the bad guys, absenteeism and decreasing labor costs for contractors and subcontractors working on or in connection with federal government contracts. How do they do that? Force compliance, ladies and gentlemen. Force compliance with the vaccination. That's right. If you don't comply, you don't get paid and you have to find a new job no matter how long you've been working. Great text. I appreciate that. Uh, this one, government plus business equals fascism. Exactly. Some people are just learners out there. NIH and Moderna are fighting it out over the patent of the mode RNA patent. NIH wants a piece of the billions of vaccine profit. Heard this on Back This AM. That's from uh, Lonnie Lonnie. Appreciate that, Lonnie, for checking in. Uh, but are the unvaccinated dying at the same rate as the unvaxed? But are the vaccinated dying at the same rate as the unvaxed? That's a good question. The vaccinated dying at the same rate as the unvaxxed. How many are admitted? How many come out? We'd have to figure out the proportion of that. I'm sure uh, one of our guys out there will be getting it. Uh, Eddie, your voice amplitude. Uh, timbre quality. I don't even. What's Timbre? You know <laughs> timbre? I think I went to school with him. <laughs> I think Tim. Tim. Is it pronounced Timber? I don't know. The character or quality of a musical sound or voice as distinct from its pitch or intensity. Wow. The fact that this person can get that concept and put it in one word is kind of amazing. Quality is best I've heard all week. Looks like you've solved the problem. Joel, no, we haven't. Uh, The problem is I'm sitting in the – you and Doubt are are good at Rudy at the end of the hall. Great. Oh, man, so many people were texting while we were trying to – uh, punch through and all this. So we appreciate all of your help. Final text uh, here before we jump into uh, the third topic of the day. Some lyric ideas for MLG's 12 days. Four stolen cars, five overnight murders. Yeah, five overnight murders. Four stolen cars, three. Uh, what was it? Three, 11 shot fire. Three rolled uh, joints. Two abortions and a pink slip in a pear tree. <laughs> I think Natalie did. I think Natalie did uh, one. Uh, yes, you sang with her last yeah, year. I did. Yeah. Uh, she's wonderful. Natalie's the best. MLG's 12 days include killing babies, small businesses, and hope. <laughs> the rest of the days, MLG is stuffing her fat face with Wagyu beef, grabbing crotches, and, and swigging tons of tequila. <laughs> What, what an image. It is Four a soiled rugs. Wow. Six, what is it? The six French hands? Is that what it is? I don't even know. You could say it. Uh, Colorado canceled the emergency order, by the way. That happened yesterday. Jared Polis, did you guys see that? Ova. Yeah, up north. They no more masking, no more indoor masking, no more anything. Jared Polis is like, I'm done with COVID. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Uh, report sent from a different phone. I should be receiving it now. Okay. I, I don't have it. Where can I find your diet program? Um, right here on AM 1600 KIVA. Uh, let's see. I think he recorded this. Let's see. I think he did. All right. I guess I'm going to try and play Murder Mike. He might be more audible than we've ever heard him. In some- <laughs> We love Murder Mike. 
At 3 p.m. this afternoon, APD responded to a call at an apartment complex in the 3400 block of Asic, SR Carlisle, and Candelaria. Upon arrival to the apartment, police found a man dead from a single gunshot wound to the head. Police have not released the name of the victim, and details are limited at this time and will be, will be provided as they come in. And at 10.15 this morning, AFR responded to an abandoned structure fire in the 500 block of Marble Northwest. Upon arrival, light smoke was showing, and the fire was... What? Oh. It was working so well. It was working so like like everything else. <laughs> Got my hopes up. My gosh. Come on. Even, even that messes up. Oh. Okay, let's try this again. I have no idea. We'll start from the beginning. Hopefully, it's uh, going to stay alive. Good afternoon, everybody. At 3 p.m. this afternoon, APD responded to a call at an apartment complex in the 3400 block of Asic, SR Carlisle, and Candelaria. Upon arrival to the apartment, police found a man dead from a single gunshot wound to the head. Police have not released the name of the victim, and details are limited at this time and will be, will be provided as they come in. And at 10.15 this morning, AFR responded to an abandoned structure fire in the 500 block of Marble Northwest. Upon arrival, I... Oh, there we go. Same exact place. I guess it only plays for so long um, in the uh, messaging app. I, I have no clue. Upon arrival and then just dies. Let's see if we can... Um... smoke was showing, and the fire was quickly brought under control by firefighters. It appears that there were three homeless individuals inside the structure, and upon further questioning, a female admitted to police that she intentionally started the fire to murder her boyfriend. She went on to admit... Wow. Did you hear that, Dowd? Yep. She <laughs> started a fire to murder. Now, would that be considered murder if she actually achieved Attempted that? murder, yeah. She also wanted to kill the other male that was also inside the structure. Oh, okay. Wow. She was placed under arrest by APD and booked into MDC on two counts of attempted murder, wow. and other charges. That's pretty good. I'm I'm happy about that. There's some justice. Yeah, there we go, a little bit. And also, early this morning, APD's main police substation downtown was vandalized. Oh, at yeah. 1 a.m. this morning, a call came in reporting vandalism at the main 8th Albuquerque Police Department headquarters. Upon arrival, police told vulgar graffiti written all on the building's south side exterior wall. Officers were able to quickly apprehend a suspect who initially told officers that she had seen a man spray painting the building. After reviewing the building's surveillance, which showed the suspect holding and shaking a spray spray can, officers charged Jennifer Ann O'Day, age 45, with filming criminal damage to property. Oh, wait, she's filming? The woman who is filming it? As, and was booked into NDC. O'Day was also charged with vandalism back in 2016 after allegedly damaging Officer Daniel Webster's memorial at Eubank and Central. Well, who is this? Can you believe that? This wow. woman, she she really hates cops. That's incredible. Which chamber of the legislature does she represent in? I, I yeah, really? Chilled a suspect holding and shaking a spray spray can. Officer charged Jennifer Ann Ote, age 45, 
with felony criminal damage to property as and was booked into in MDC. Pelti was also charged with vandalism back in 2016 after allegedly damaging Officer Daniel Webster's memorial at Eubank in Central. The charges were dropped in this case in, in 2017 when prosecutors could not find the main witnesses to testify. And going to the stats this afternoon, there was four hit and run for automobile accidents reported last night. One a hit and run, and two one a pedestrian, another were a female another pedestrian a concrete barrier wall. Also, three drug overdoses were reported, two on an unknown substance, and one on fentanyl. Four assaults occurred last night, one aggravated requiring EMS. Three threats of suicide were reported, as well as one armed robbery. There were three residential murders reported. Oh no. Gosh. This is we're we're doing it all for you folks. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> Work I mean, with us people. Well, please. I mean it's it's been a Good day. Afternoon, everybody. Yeah. Uh, let me uh it's like right towards the end. Let's see. Three threats of suicide were reported, as well as one armed robbery. There were three residential burglaries reported, one commercial burglary, and four domestic disputes. There was also one stolen car reported, four shots fire calls, and finally this morning, winds in Gallup reached a record 101 mile per hour early this morning in Gallup, New Mexico. There we go. All right. Uh, Thank you, Michael. Thank you, uh, Murder Mike. 554 here in the Kiva. Uh, we'll go. <clears throat> it, it, let's let's go to some crazy crime. Uh, I'm going to skip the next thing, uh, Dowd, and we're going to move right along to crime. I, I'm I'm literally never going to get in my life. The, the last thing I'll ever get to is uh, going to be Victor Davis Hanson. Twenty twenty nine, maybe. I've only I've only had it in the notes for like uh, three weeks or something like that. So uh, here we go. Uh, shoplifting. Yep. This out of our, uh, we'll call them our partners down south. We're not sure if they're District 1 or District 2 uh, at this point, but it's the Hobbs. The HobbsNews.com you might find it at. And um, it says shoplifting, and in some cases shoplifting with assault, has gained a local spotlight with retailers reporting an uptick heading into the Christmas holiday. Let me turn that down. There we go. A little, little loud, a little forceful. Heading the Christmas holiday shopping season, and some shop owners allowing workers to carry concealed weapons to protect themselves. Well, that is Hobbs, New Mexico, folks, not uh, the communist uh, uh, territory of Albuquerque or Santa Fe. Uh, between the months of January and December, the district attorney's office filed 31 shoplifting cases in Hobbs. Of the 31, eight were dismissed for various reasons. The municipal court had 98 shoplifting cases from January 1st to December 8th. Six of those were dismissed either by the attorney, municipal court judge, etc. Store owners are now complaining about the lack of prosecution who they allege. And, and by the way, on a scale for Albuquerque, that's pretty darn good. Because mm -hmm. if we had 98 shoplifting cases in a day in Albuquerque, there would be 98 shoplifting cases dismissed. That's right. <laughs> for the city of Albuquerque. According to the uh, shop owner, I had one guy come into my store trying to steal from us. Owner of the rig outfitters at the home store and the scrub outfitters, Joe Imbriolet. That's what he had to say. This is the guy we've had run-ins with before. He was in my store, sitting in my furniture department, just staring at my female employees. 
I asked him to leave and he came back two more times. Third time, I had him trespass. When he was in here this last time, he assaulted one of my employees. We pressed charges for the assault. The police came in and said, hey, what's going on, Jeffrey? They knew who the guy was. They had run-ins with him before. They handcuffed him, put him in the back of the police car, and he said, you know you're not taking me to jail. Sure enough, they took him home. The next morning, he's walking back down the street in front of the store. A little bit all too common there, uh, uh, Dowd. I'll let you wrap that one up. It's yeah, it's, it, I've been uh, tracking this. I do read the Hobbs paper, even though I'm a little, a little, a little far away from Hobbs, hundreds of miles. It's one of the last cities in New Mexico that I have not been to, and I need to get down to uh, Hobbs and Jal. Uh, according to the police chief down there in the great city of Hobbs, store owners should place the blame on, wait for it, the legislature for thieves being released back onto the streets to commit the same crimes again. Uh, Chief uh, Ortolano says the heat needs to be put on the state legislative bodies to determine uh, what we can do differently. I will say this. In southeast New Mexico, the state elected officials are extremely supportive of rectifying those situations. You know, the parts of the state that kind of make sense, you go down toward the southeast, you go up toward the northwest, and the rest of New Mexico has got a lot of problems. Uh, Lee County Sheriff Corey Hilton, uh, I think one of our rural sheriffs who's been resisting some of the thuggery coming out of Santa Fe, uh, uh, he agrees that the blame for criminals not being held accountable for their actions uh, cannot fall on a single agency. We see it every day. These criminals are out within an hour. That's because of the reform that the state legislature has passed into laws uh, to law several years ago. Uh, we have to point a lot of fingers at the reform, and the DA doesn't intentionally drop cases. They drop them from, for certain reasons. Just to say the DA is dropping cases is not uh, uh, truthful. Uh, back to our friend Joe, the store owner. To be honest, I don't care who's to blame. This is your typical Joe average American just trying to, trying to fix things. Uh, from the Hobbs PD to the DA, they're throwing one another under the bus. And it's pretty confusing for me because I'm hearing it from the Hobbs PD that the DA is not doing her job. The DA is saying it's not the Hobbs Police Department uh, not filling out their reports, but somebody needs to do something about this. It's frustrating as a business owner. I hear you, sir. I hear you. I hear you. And I might also add, uh, Eddie, that I heard the some audio. I believe it's of the new San Francisco mayor, uh, a woman who said she's cracking down. Yeah, they're 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 re. They're refunding the San Francisco PD. Did you know that? Yep. yep, yep. They got tired of the poop on the uh, streets there and uh, all the uh, poopy. It's, it's tiresome after a while, you know. Yeah, I, was, I suppose it would. You can uh, you can only have uh, rice aroni so long. There, the it's a lot more than the San Francisco treat. Hold up. There we go. All right. Um, the sitting down business is not for me. I'm a I'm a I'm a stander. That's what I do for three hours every day. Uh, and other crime news, two shot dead in Pecos. Suspect held a $1 million bond all over a bad haircut with his friends. An unfinished haircut. You got to be, this is, this is how tense it's gotten, folks. This is a depressing story, it really is. So Mark Valencia, Pecos, shot and killed 40-year-old Steven Singer and 48-year-old Eva Aragon, both of Santa Fe. Valencia was arrested Saturday, booked into San Miguel County Detention Center around 9.30 on a, at a home on Camino Don Luis. A man who called 911 reported he'd witnessed Valencia kill Singer and Aragon. Thank God he didn't get killed. Officers of New Mexico State Police arrived to find Valencia sitting in a van on the property with blood in his hands and body, according to an arrest affidavit. Valencia was detained and officers entered the home to find Aragon and Singer dead from apparent gunshot wounds. 
one to the face, one to the head. Valencia had an altercation earlier that night with the two of them and that Valencia threatened to get a gun. He did, left the home, retrieved a semi-automatic handgun from his vehicle. Witness then told police he was in the kitchen when Valencia walked in the house and shot Singer at least one time in the face. Witness said Aragon rushed to check on Singer. She's just trying to help. And that Valencia stood over her and said, is this what you want, B? He then shot her at least one time in the head as well. Witness said Valencia was standing about two feet from Singer and Aragon when he shot both of them. An estimated that Valencia fired a total of eight times. Further evaluation of the scene, Valencia stated that he is drinking beer and vodka, and uh, he and Singer got into an argument over a haircut. Valencia was upset because Singer had only cut part of his hair. Valencia told police that the two of them continued to verbally provoke each other throughout the night and that he retrieved the gun because he feared for his safety due to Singer being bigger than him. Along with the two counts of first-degree murder, Valencia is now charged with one count of attempt to commit first-degree murder, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, shooting at a dwelling, and negligent use of a deadly weapon. During a Monday hearing, Melina Rivera, the judge, set bond for Valencia at $1 million. Valencia's bond is scheduled to be reviewed during a hearing on December the 28th. So all about a haircut, uh, D-Down Muska, and uh, some crazy times up north in uh, Pecos, about uh, 70 miles north of Albuquerque. Drinking beer, drinking vodka, and giving haircuts, a deadly combination. Um, uh, yeah. we've, we've got a broken culture here in this state, I'm sad to say. Uh, Eddie, thank you, and all who have had time to think through the burning box, technical difficulties, and anger-inducing a situation that you've been in. Yeah, no problem. We're going to hang in here and do it. Um, it I, I, I wanted to do this segment with lots of music, too. Um, Sunday night, lots of fires throughout Albuquerque. Um, people who were trying to stay warm last night might have must have been must have been a doozy, right? What did Murder Mike say? 101 miles an hour in, in Galoop, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Mexico. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Albuquerque Fire Rescue says they battle fires regularly in we- recent weeks. There's also been a number of fires in abandoned homes and commercial buildings. While the fires are still in investigation, the homeless often use the properties to live, often lighting fires to stay warm. We've seen a couple of homes that are abandoned or vacant that have been started by some of the homeless population. And that is unfortunate. What we're really trying to do is we're really trying to get those homeless people, the homeless population in the area, the resources they need. That, according to Tom Ruiz with the Albuquerque Fire and Rescue. What is the situation right now with the homeless? Are you seeing more tents, less tents? Are you seeing more homeless people, less homeless people? Um, If you happen to work and help in the shelters, are you seeing more or less people in the shelters? Uh, there's not much being said about it, only to complain about it. I think that people uh, would be lying to themselves if the if they were to state that the city of Albuquerque shouldn't be taking my approach to the homeless problem. I think uh, given uh, Mayor Keller's, um, I think, dire situation politically, uh, he has no choice other than to criminalize a certain level of homelessness. And by that meaning enforcement of ordinances uh, to the extent that he can, regardless of the DOJ edicts, or anything else. It is a problem. More importantly, it is a problem for the homeless people themselves who are unsafe out on the ra- on the on the streets at this point. They are not safe and if you go past the park, have you gone past the park on 6th and uh, I40 Dowd 6th Street? Uh, yeah, I've seen it, yeah, yeah. When's the last time you've seen it? Uh, a couple days ago, I think, yeah. Yeah, I drove past it on Sunday. Um and there's a man on the loudspeaker screaming and talking about, you know, what's happening. Here's where you eat. This is, and I swear, I swear it looks like 
um, an area just outside of the Zocalo and Mexico City. Like no yep, difference. Yep. That's how bad um, it looks. It does not look good uh, at all. Speaking of fire and uh, homelessness and resources, etc., do you see what happened in Haiti, Dowd? Terrible. This is awful. Um, all right, I'm coming back. I'm just let's see what is this. Yep, there it is. Uh, so Mayor Keller's already taking a page out of our uh, proverbial book. <laughs> this reported on KOB Channel Four. Yeah, we can we can adopt Eddie's ideas, even though we we can't get elected on them because Eddie's a terrible person. What are we going to do to save this city, down? Seriously, one mind at a time. We got to change. <laughs> okay. Here it is, KB Channel 4. Homeless Coordinating Council looks to replicate the Denver program. <laughs> I literally said Denver. Yes, you did. There's a new proposal to get some temporary homeless shelters, according to Channel 4. Off the ground, members of the Homeless Coordinating Council are looking to replicate a Denver program. In a nutshell, new strategy involves setting up controlled encampments and parking lots. <laughs> what? What are we even talking about here? Remember how he said, like, it was inhumane to have encampments? And I said, you have to have controlled encampments in order to reduce homeless population? Yep. That's exactly what I said. No idea what's going on here. I'm angry. <sighs> the encampments would include temporary heated shelters like heavy-duty tents or even small portable cabins. Hello? To go rent all of Garcia's tents, stick all the homeless in there, fire away on the heating and everything else, watch the homeless flock there, get them on their way 30 to 45 days, get the social workers, keep the riffraff out, mentally people, get them the help that they need, drug addicted, get them the help that they need, and if it happens to be economically um, insecurity, get them the help that they need. Unbelievable. But I'm just a radio host. What do I know? <clears throat> this is a unit that's heated and cooled, said, oh, Debbie O'Malley. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> the homeless expert. The, the, the woman who is handling all the homelessness. Bernalillo County Commissioner. It comes basically ready to plug in. It doesn't need a foundation. It can be put on a flat service. They take about 45 minutes to build. Members of the council estimated it would cost $300,000 for 24 portable shelters, as well as facilities for support services. There it is. That's a new strategy. Way to go, Tim Keller. Yes, out of the mouth of Eddie Aragon, directly into policy. Not the first time that that's happened over the last 30 days. However, in order to get the encampments up and running, council members said they would likely have to go to church property, go on church property to get past some of the city's red tape. Oh, you want to use the churches now, do you? How very interesting. You mean you don't want to shut them down? Wait, Michelle Lohan Grisham doesn't want to shut down all the churches? According to Kiobi 4, where we ran into the law not allowing it, it was setting up, for example, campsites that don't comply with provisions for the IDO, which is the what, Dowd, what is that? The development zone IDO, I think that's what it is. Right, right, it's, right. It's pertaining to campsites, said Alan Verla. Integrated Development Ordinance. Okay, there we go. Uh, the interim director of the CABQ planning department. City officials said they can waive some standards 
in an emergency, but they are requesting permanent changes to the city's zoning laws to make these encampments possible long term. Get that out of your get that out of your heads. Do not try to think of this as a permanent solution, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, you need to call the mayor's office. 768-3000. This is not a permanent solution. This is a temporary solution that should sunset somewhere right around the end of March. According to the report, it would probably take, you know, we would well into the winter before the city council can act on any of this, said Ike Ben. Oh, what are you going to do with these people in the meantime? Why don't we just start our Fight for 505 organization, Nancy and the rest of you guys who are there with me. Why don't we just go ahead and raise the money for the tents, bring them out there, go find the social workers and just get it done. This is great. Uh, some critics argue the council should focus on bigger solutions, but members of the Homeless Coordinating Council said help is needed now. Yes, there's 5,000 homeless people. The city's family and community services director said they are working on a contract uh, with the Compassion Center. What is the Compassion Center? What is the Compassion Center? The Compassion Center. What does that even mean? Why would anyone name something Compassion Center? That's almost I need a little compassion in aren't my you, life. Can aren't I, can you I go asking, to the Compassion Center? Isn't that false advertisement? Uh, isn't that uh, asking for a Compassion Center, ABQ? Isn't that asking for a lawsuit? Here it is. Compassion Service, ABQ. Couldn't we find a better name for this thing? Um, it is a loving, compassionate ministry that offers valuable services to fit your needs. Lives are changed. Are they expecting homeless people to go to this website somehow on their uh, on their computers? <laughs> on their iPhones. <laughs> well, uh, Pastor Joanne, there she is. Um, this is good. It looks like you have to. Uh, this is good. I, I like this. Uh, I just don't like the name. That's all. So attention with COVID-19 virus and the laws in New Mexico, we are allowed to serve brunch and dinner to go, or you can dine in Sunday 9 to 1 p.m., Monday through Thursday, 1 to 7. We as a community are working together, share resources and food so we can serve those that are in need. Please donate. Let's get through this together. Your donations will help with keeping the doors open. There it is. Boy, this is uh, it's a tough video to watch. I'm not going to lie. City's Family and Community Services Director said they are working on a contract with the Compassion Center to keep its temporary warning station open. Joel said there is still plenty of room on the West Side Emergency Shelter as well. So there it is. A uh, little chip off the old uh, block there, the old uh, Eddie Ergon from Mayor Block uh, that comes in. Uh, 550-5500-611 here in the Kiva. We are live and uh, we are we're broadcasting in whatever broken fashion we possibly can. Uh, back to Haiti. Uh, gasoline tanker overturned, exploded in northern Haiti. Uh, a giant fireball swept through, and it destroyed all sorts of houses, like a tornado ripped through there. It also killed at least 75 people. Now, the next part's going to be very disturbing, folks. Buildings, overturned vehicles were still fuming. Firefighters covered the burned bodies of young victims in white sheets and loaded them onto the back of a construction cut truck. This is how poor Haiti is. Hundreds of Haitians, even they who aren't easily shocked, given all their misfortunes, they, you know, the overthrows, etc., looked on from rooftops in disbelief at the loss of so much life. Patrick Alamonar said, He's a deputy mayor, said so it's horrible what happened. We lost so many lives. He had visited a hospital where victims were bandaged head to toe, were fighting for their lives amid a shortage of medical supply and health workers. I'm praying to God that he won't take his life 
who is studying to be a nurse and plans to spend the night by her brother's bedside for whatever uh, assistance she can do to overstretch medical staff. Early reports indicate that the tanker was trying to avoid an oncoming motorcycle. When it flipped, the onlookers then rushed to the scene with buckets to scoop up what they could of the tanker's valuable cargo, which is gasoline. There's no gas in Haiti. What do they want to scoop it up for? How hungry and how destitute are they? So that they could resell it on the black market. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. I think they have a, a human development index that is, I think, similar to Afghanistan. <clears throat> Human Development Index, that's an economic development, by the way, the Gini coefficient. As the fuel spilled toward a na- nearby pile of smoldering trash, contributing to high death tolls, the desperation that has forced impoverished Haitians in recent months to scramble for gasoline due to severe shortages that have shuttered gas stations, sent fuel prices in the black market spiraling, and forced businesses to close as the United States and the Canadian governments warn their citizens to leave while they still can. The shortages are the latest manifestation of a society that has been on the brink since July 7th assassination of President Jovenel Moise and the 7.2 magnitude earthquake a few weeks later that killed more than 2,200 people. You know how we know that Jesus loves Albuquerque and New Mexico? It's because we're not Haiti. (laughs) That is as bad as that. Uh, Dowd, uh, Haiti, uh, how bad is it in terms of development? Yeah, uh, ranked, let's see, uh, beneath the Dominican Republic, beneath Nicaragua, beneath Panama, beneath Bolivia. It's the, uh, on the development index, it is the worst in the Western Hemisphere. There it is, Haiti, still in last place. Uh, We have a lot in Haiti uh, in terms of uh, comparing. 11 million people. Yeah, and uh, dwindling fast, despite the, uh, they also have a significant, I think if I'm not mistaken, the religion in uh, Haiti is voodoo. I think there's a big element, yeah. Um, voodoo may be considered the country's national religion, even though it technically it's Roman Catholicism. Yeah, so it is a prevailing Christian and Roman Catholic uh, country, but I believe that uh, the thing that they um, practice more than anything is voodoo, V-O-D-O-U. The New World Afro-Diasporic religion of voodoo is practiced prevalently in Haiti. It encompasses several traditions and consisting of a mix of African, European, and indigenous uh, Taino religious elements. In this way, it is similar to other Latin American syncretist movements, such as the Cuban Santeria. It is more widespread in rural parts of country, probably due to negative stigmas attached to the practice. During the season of Lent, voodoo societies create parading musical bands of a festival called Rada and fulfill religious obligations of local spaces, such as streams, rivers, and trees. The CIA World Factbook reports that 2.1% of the population identifies its religion as voodoo, but adds that many Haitians practice elements of voodoo in addition to another religion, most often Roman Catholicism. The proportion of Haitians that practice voodoo is disputed due to the often syncretic matter in which it's practiced alongside Catholicism in spite of the church's strong condemnation of it. Haitian Protestants are presumably less likely to practice it as their churches denounce it as diabolical, and they also focus on the Bible. So. There you go. It's um, a sort of a wayward country in a number of different ways. And uh, let's not forget, that's where the Clinton Foundation decided to go ahead. And I don't know, if that, what, what did they do? Uh, there was a lot of people that, let's just say, sort of came through Haiti and you know, went to other places. 
That's about all we can say about it's that. It's enough to make you think that some places mm-hmm. really are cursed. I mean, that, that poor country. <laughs> you know, I got to check on my, uh, speaking of, I got to check on my uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey, um, what is the guy's name? Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein's um, uh, news report on the floor. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. It's right. Been made on uh, Gentleman TV, yeah. Uh, quick news briefs uh, to go ahead and uh, clear the air with the latest goings on over the last 24 hours. Don't forget, folks, you can go ahead and subscribe directly at www.rockoftalk.chat. You do have to put that www uh, right up front there, and uh, you will become a subscriber. Uh, less and less people. We're clearing out uh, the the people who aren't subscribing. So you'll want to subscribe. Uh, we have a uh, no frills policy or no free writers, uh, no free lunch uh, policy. <laughs> no, no longer, no longer. No longer. <laughs> yeah. uh, Our uh, year is over. <laughs> <laughs> out in uh, Window Rock, the Navajo Nation on Tuesday reported 37 new confirmed cases, but no additional deaths for the second consecutive day. Latest numbers push the tribe's total to 40,571 cases since the pandemic began. The known death toll remains at 1,562. In Santa Fe, the New Mexico State Senate has passed a spending proposal, of course they did, that allocate some nearly half a billion dollars in federal funds to internet infrastructure. I'm so tired about hearing about rural New Mexico not having internet. Highways and other projects. It now goes back to the House. Funding could accelerate the development of high-speed internet in New Mexico. It authorizes $133 million in spending on the internet projects, including emergency technologies like wireless towers, blimps, Blimps. <laughs> no, you can insert your own uh, Tessa joke right here. I'm sorry. I just had to be said. Yes, uh, blimps. We're going to literally we're literally going to uh, fly in internet access and blimps and new satellite internet networks. The bill would also allocate money to roads, state parks, and affordable housing. Boy, with the weather that we have in here, you don't want weather balloons shooting internet access uh, to, you know, <laughs> way. <laughs> the state legislature is allocating federal funds after the state Supreme Court ruled last month that Michelle Lujan Grisham couldn't allocate the funds herself. Well, she doesn't need to because she's got nothing but Democrats and they all do exactly what she tells them to do. Up in San Francisco, mayor has announced even more initiatives aimed at curbing open drug use and Brazen home break-ins that she says have made a mockery of the city's fame, tolerance, and compassion. Feeling. Euphoria, right? Not since uh, hate Ashbury have things been so free-loving. People just barging in on each other up in San Francisco. Have you ever been to hate Ashbury? No, I've, I've got to make a pr- pilgrimage eventually, though. Oh, you know? my <laughs> gosh. you got to go up there. That's, uh, the, that's, that's where it all started. You know, the communes, people living 10, 12, 15 to a house. You know, they yep, yeah. They're all and, and when George Harrison visited the hate, uh, he said that they were all a bunch of spotty, dropout, lazy kids. It was, it was a wonderful quote from George Harrison about that. Uh, uh, he had no respect for those kids at all. He was from a working class Liverpool family. Uh, he had been a you know, working musician for years. He had no respect for those pampered hippies at all. Well, let's not, uh, let, let's not forget exactly who these are. These were mentally deranged people who uh, inevitably got hooked on some to- sort of mind-altering drug that got them away from their original mental deficiencies uh, that they probably had in their backgrounds, and that's sure. what was created, and they uh, come in this uh, wayward uh, lifestyle. Uh, I-, I should go back to an important point, uh, because it was this day, back in 1973, the American Psychiatric Association voted 13 to no- zero to remove homosexuality from its official list of psychiatric disorders. I think that was well placed, by the way. Just uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> uh, 
I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's no longer a mental disorder. Losing is a disease. Homosexuality is a disease. At a news conference Tuesday, you know, we have homosexual Republicans now, right? Sure. Have we had transgender Republicans? The Log Cabin the, Club, yeah. yeah besides, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Caitlyn Jenner's. Is there any other transgender Republicans out there? Jeez, not that I can think of. That's a good question. We should Not Ted Nugent, not Chuck Norris. No, nothing is Chuck, Nor- Chuck Norris at 80. <laughs> at a news conference Tuesday, attended by the sheriff and police chief in San Francisco, Mayor London Breed, literally the worst name for any for any for any mayor in the entire country. It's weird. <laughs> literally London Breed said she would introduce legislation to allow law enforcement real-time access to surveillance video. Did you hear that? Real-time access? A surveillance state in San Francisco? Could could it be? And to make it harder for people to sell stolen goods, uh, she also announced emergency intervention to improve the safety in the Tenderloin, one of the poorest and drug-infested neighborhoods. Critics say more police won't make the city safer. <laughs> you, you mean citizens? More, more police? I don't think I, it could hurt. hurt. Yeah, it's not going to work. San Jose, do you know the way? A former Netflix executive uh, right here, HQ, is going to federal prison for taking bribes and kickbacks from tech companies to approve lucrative contracts. Michael Call of Los Gatos was sentenced to two and a half years and must forfeit $700,000. That's a price for an average home up in Santa Fe. I guess that's out of the picture. Carl Kale of uh, Los Gatos is a former Netflix vice president who oversaw the company's internet technology department. Prosecutors allege that Kyle uh, took more than $500,000 in kickbacks along with valuable stock options. In exchange, he approved millions of dollars in contracts for nine tech companies seeking to do business with Netflix or the Netflix. In April, he was convicted of 28 counts of fraud and money laundering. Boy, uh, was that Rust? Was that exclusively to Netflix? Is that what uh, that was going? I believe it was. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's have to. It's a relatively low budget operation. Low budget. Well, Alec Baldwin is he? Uh, he only does uh, cheap cameos on uh, the Peacock. Um, was supposed to run on. Literally no music, no atmosphere, nothing. Yep, suspended film. There it is. Brady Noon, Jason Ackles, Alec Baldwin, Travis Fimmel. Uh, was supposed to be. Uh, uh, it was suspended indefinitely. Yep, that'll never happen. And it was supposed to go straight to only uh, seven million dollars. By the way, it's um, pretty low. Yeah, they're very, very low. Uh, or, or priceless in the case if you don't make it out. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There it is. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to go straight to Netflix, according to the wiki wiki. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, more news. Uh, OJ, the juice is loose. <laughs> That's right. A Nevada State Police spokesman said Tuesday, 74 year old, 74 years old. Someone's going to give that guy some pills, and, you know, show him a bunch of white women. 74 uh, year old former football. Did he ever date anything but white women? I think he was pretty. Exclu- oh, no, no, no. The first wife was not white, I think. Really? He was down for the struggle in the early days. But. <laughs> I thought of the Black Panther Party. Did OJ date any white uh, black women? I think that's that. Was he married to one? A black woman? Marguerite was his first, first wife. Yep. 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 
Uh, O.J. Simpson didn't want to be associated with black America. Then he came to symbolize it. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh my God. Where do we even live anymore? Look at the Orenthal. He's crazy. Uh, I have no interest in, in this man like whatsoever. I didn't have, I was literally driving through Los Angeles when they announced the, um, Oh wow. Was, yeah. Cause I drove up the five and I came down the one. So I went from San Diego all the way up to San Francisco. And then I came all the way down. My dad flew out to San Francisco and then uh, we drove all the way down the coast. We did the, the PCH and uh, we had a good time, but the uh, juice is loose. Uh, acquitted of California murder, defendant and convicted of a Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Armed robber was granted good behavior credits and discharged from parole, effective December 1st. His uh, lawyer, uh, certainly wasn't my lawyer, uh, I would have thought uh, Ross Goodman would have, may have represented him for the money, but Ross Ross is your next mayor of Las Vegas, by the way, just uh, <clears throat> FYI. Uh, we, we're going to get to Las Vegas in, in the next story, unfortunately, and in the next story. and I'm very upset with Las Vegas right now. And I'll, I'll me too. <laughs> and it's yeah. personal for me. <laughs> very angry. Uh, Simpson was acquitted in Los Angeles in the 1994 killings of his ex-wife. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit and convicted in Las Vegas in 2008 of armed robbery. Nine years in prison for leading several men in a confrontation with two sports collectible dealers because he was looking for his Heisman Trophy. Um, up in Las Vegas, negotiators for California, Arizona, and Nevada are expected to sign an agreement Wednesday to reduce the use of the Colorado River. By 500,000 acre feet in 2022. Does anybody know how much water that is? That's a hell of a lot. That's all I'm going to say right there. Lake Mead dropped below 1,070 feet of elevation. Yes, since I've moved. Triggering the first federal water shortage on the Colorado River and with it mandatory cutbacks in Arizona, Nevada, and Mexico. See? Doesn't it, doesn't it pay to live in New Mexico? This is what's going to end up happening. You guys are going to go find some place in northern New Mexico and then you're going to be able to be self-sufficient. Um <clears throat> So here we are. Voluntary reductions are expected to delay even wider mandatory cutbacks in future years. By the way, the highest year-over-year growth in home prices, that would be Phoenix, Arizona, 30.2% unsustainable. That's right. Weird, wild stuff. Officials say Phoenix-based Banner Health is at its most overwhelmed level since the pandemic began. It's a lot of executives to issue a bleak warning that the hospital system may have to eventually choose who can actually receive care there. Dr. Majory Basil is the Banner's chief clinical officer and said Tuesday that it's not just COVID-19 patients who are stretching hospitals. Then she says that there's also an extremely high volume of patients who delayed preventative care or are in late stages of illness. So um, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, all the news uh, that is uh, fit to print. And the unfitting one, I'll let uh, Dowd give you the final one that is personal for him <laughs> it's, it's it's deeply personal yes um harry reed international airport let me just uh let that sink in for a little bit ladies and gentlemen harry reed international airport that's what the uh, airport the pre-existing airport many of you would know it as uh, mccarran yeah. will be named in the uh, great uh, well i won't say city of las vegas because it's part of clark county not the city of las vegas but that's being kind of more of a nitpicker they're changing it from mccarran to harry reed international airport reed of course served the u.s senate for 30 years including eight years as democratic majority leader and he was the longest-serving senator in Nevada history when he retired. I don't know how you can retire from a phony baloney job, but he retired in 2017. He is now 82 years old. 
Harry, really one of the nastiest people ever to serve in government in America, I would say. Uh, he came after me in the late 1990s when I was living in Nevada doing radio commentaries. He had his thug, former Governor Mike O'Callaghan, who is now dead, and uh, I'm glad you're dead, Mike. He died in 2004. Call the radio station owner to get my commentaries taken off the air. That was uh, Harry Reid, U.S. Senator Harry Reid. Um, I believe that year, Eddie, was also the same year that the Republican U.S. Senator called my boss to try to get me fired. And so within the same calendar year, when you have a... Republican U.S. Senator trying to get you fired and a Democratic U.S. Senator trying to get you off the air, you know you're doing your job right. That's how I knew I was I was good at my work. But anyway, Harry's a thug, uh, and he had his little underling, Michael Callahan. I believe that bridge before that they built uh, is named after O'Callaghan uh, in addition to that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Pat Tillman, I think, was the name of the, the, the young man who was the, the football player who then fought against him and was killed. But anyway, back to Harry. Uh, Harry is a horrible, nasty piece of work. And I would really recommend, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in just American history and Las Vegas' role in American history, it's called The Money and the Power, The Making of Las Vegas and Its Hold on America by Sally Denton, D-E-N-T-O-N, and Roger Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. Uh, they briefly touch upon Harry's... Uh, unseemly side. Uh, they talked to a former FBI agent who believes that Harry he has it on tape being referred to as Mr. Cleanface, that Harry's connection to organized crime was not fictional. It was very, very real. Uh, of course, those are mere allegations if anyone from the Reed family uh, is listening. But anyway, we do know that Harry is a horrifically nasty human being, and now he has one of the busiest airports in America named after him. Uh, kind of a dark day for America, I would say. Yeah, I would say. Dark day for uh, for Vegas for sure. Yep. Um, you're welcome to follow me at uh, Rock of Top. Yeah, complete total. Remember when he fell uh, and he hit the, his head, broke his uh, messed up his eye. I, I was I wasn't crying. No llores, mijo. Uh, he was Mormon, by the way. He was. Is or is? Uh, oh, and he also was raised uh, in the poorest town in Nevada. He never he never grew tired of telling people that he was raised in the poorest town in Nevada, just like Nixon was on the poorest Searchlight. ranch, Searchlight, Nevada, where his mother did the laundry for a brothel. <laughs> never tired of telling that story. Uh, uh, here's some um, some some readings uh, here from. My uh, Instagram. Let's see. We've got uh, stop chasing the wrong one. Just leave for the right one. Never be bullied into silence. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. Healing is not an overnight process. It's a daily cleansing of pain. It's a healing of your life. DeSantis takes aims at CRT training in schools and corporate America. Good for him. NFL pumps cash to far left to fund the police groups, ICE and prison opponents. There you go, Dowd. We always knew the uh, NFL was no good, and uh, that yet again proves it. Uh, become addicted to bettering yourself mentally, financially, physically, and emotionally. Dr. Oz laments politicization of COVID vaccines and other treatments. I actually saw him in Santa Fe a couple of years ago at a wedding. 1619 Project, an autopsy. It's over. The best lesson I learned in 12 years of school was to question everything. Most of what is taught is irrelevant or wrong. My favorite ways to rebel in 2021. Avoid pornography, purchase firearms, become an optimist. If you have the power to eat alone in a restaurant or sit alone in a cinema, then you can do anything in your life. And finally, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. That, of course, 
from uh, the great Aristotle. Let's uh, jump into woke is broke, uh, shall we? And the Democrats Latinx problem. Um, this has been an interesting show. Just to I do love this. I get, I you, do you do you do you like doing a show like this? Should we just uh, just start podcasting? Is that what is that what we? Need? It I, does I, sound I, more like a podcast, doesn't yeah, it? I'm yeah. not a yeah, I'm not a fan. I Low tech. There's no top of the hour. There's no feed in. There's no noise. Like just, I mean, I guess we could do a podcast. I could do a podcast. I, I you know, uh, Joe wrote. I don't. Why is Joe Rogan number one? Do you know why? I think he just has a lot of. I mean, Joe himself, and I don't mean to insult the man, but he's not terribly interesting himself. It's not he interesting. has a lot of interesting guests, and he lets them talk for three is. hours. So you just let somebody. I mean, I think it's the idea that do you listen to Joe Rogan? Are people actually digesting? Are they listening to all of it? Is there a time spent listening quotient of it? Can you can you get the uh, the thin notes? You know the the right, 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 notes right. on it. So anyway, all right. Uh, woke is broke, ladies and gentlemen. You know it is, and uh, that's one of the reasons why you. Listen right here in the Kiva every single day. And these are some fascinating statistics, particularly for those of you who are Hispanics, right? Or Latinx. No, you're not Latinx. In fact, you detest the term Latinx. Here's a recent poll from the consulting firm Bendix. It never heard it. And uh, Amandi, it sounds like a uh, strange Italian clothier. Uh, uh, it has a... <laughs> yeah, is a... Uh, from Mendixina. I, I did a French over in Italian, see what I did there, has sent shockwaves across the Democratic Party, a firm which specializes in Latino outreach for Democratic politicians, decided to poll 800 registered Latinos and their voters about their feelings about the word Latinx. The firm found that just 2% of Latinos said they would be comfortable using the term Latinx. Describe their own ethnicity. I've never... I'm, I'm assuming that's a uh, sort of a genre of pornography. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that what we're talking okay. about here? It's like, okay. you know, Hispanics? You know, I, I always thought of it as just a made-up term by rich white people on the coasts that they wanted to graft onto the Hispanic community here. And I'm so proud of my Hispanic community. They're not taking it. Um, I also find it incredibly insulting, as I think every other Latino does. I don't consider myself Latino. But, um. Are you also saying that it's a mutt or a crossbreed by using an X? Oftentimes when people, you know, are breeding dogs, they'll always put an X for a crossbreed. Are you saying we're not pure? Are you trying to get at our ethnicity? What is it? Do you not like? (laughs) What is wrong? (laughs) What is wrong with mama's guacamole? (laughs) Like immediately comes to your mind. Are you insulting these people? The white people are melting out here. That was unlike me, by the way. So here it is. The firm found that 2%. That's it. 2%. 2%. Yes, like the milk. 2%. 2%. Yes, Latinos yes. said they would be comfortable using Latinx. And, and they all milk. live in Cambridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I got a PhD from Harvard. Uh, 40% of respondents affirmed that the term actively bothers them. I would say, I would say so because what the hell is that? Right? Latinos are kind of like that. Hispanics. See, you got me saying Latino. Damn it. Well, 30% said they would be less likely to support organizations and politicians who use it. Here's the other thing. <clears throat> you don't mind me saying so. I'm not going to insult you personally, Dowd. But Latinos love families. They have a weird thing. when it, like Latinos just love families. And what you've seen is a lot of Latinos like marry outside their race. And so you've seen the divorce rate skyrocket in Latino culture or Hispanic culture. Have you noticed this? 
Oh no! Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, no, it's a trend. Look at it. Look at the uh, Hispanic. Look at the Hispanic divorce rate. Look at and it, it's it's a combination of two things. One, interracial marriages, primarily with white and black. Okay, no other race. I mean, they if Hispanics marry Asians, the, the divorce rate stays pretty low. Same thing with um, uh, other ethnicities because it's focused on the family. Uh, that's the way it is. But if they marry blacks or if they marry whites uh, distinctly, uh, the family breakup is uh, accelerated, uh, if not uh, considerably higher. Um, so I think here is kind of at a dig at culture. And the other thing is government dependency. That's the other thing that hurts when you have poor, impoverished Latinos, ones that uh, kind of grade more towards drugs or gang activity or other creative ways of supporting the family, then you also see a significant break uh, in uh, family structure as well. So those are the two things that really impact. So I think it's more of uh, a way of characterizing a large group of people in such a way that I think really undermines them as a whole, because I think in many, many ways, uh, some of the richest uh, religious and uh, cultural elements come from Hispanics. So here we are. Poll conducted two years ago ladies and gentlemen, actually found the same exact thing. It found that 98% do not identify with the term Latinx. Why is the Democrat Party trying to push this forward? Particularly one, Pocahontas. Yes, the same one that uh, Elon Musk said, well, you should be disqualified, and she should have, and pointed to a tweet on that based upon the fact that she lied about her ethnicity. Elizabeth Warren said, when I become president, thank God that didn't happen. Latinx <laughs> families will have a champion in the White House. Who the hell are you talking to, lady? She said in a video broadcast to social media. It was hardly any surprise when Warren failed to catch fire with Latinos in the important Nevada caucus, where Latino Democrats are a powerful present. She finished numero cuatro. I don't know if she knows what that is, but uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, what did you find on the uh, the... the uh, the interracial uh, divorce rate, the accelerated Hispanic. Did, did yeah, it's, it's higher than I, th- I would have guessed, yeah. really. Do you know how much it accelerated over the last 30 years? Uh, no, I'm just looking at sort of di- the, the major racial ethnic categories, lowest rate uh, of divorce, which, of course, you know, they have the lowest rate of all bad things, Asian Americans. Um, and then as you go up the scale for higher percentages, uh, white Americans, 38% of women and 36% of men. Uh, have been there divorced or married and for black was black never black. was never that high doubt. Right, forty percent of Latinos. It's thirty percent of women and twenty seven percent of men. So that that number is going up. It's going up considerably ever yeah. since there's been more and more uh, uh, white and black people marry Hispanics. Hmm. It is accelerated, and uh, there's a whole video about that. You can check that out. Culturally. Yeah, I will. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just, it's interesting living in New Mexico. Mexico. Real, life Real life is so much more complicated than. Uh, the moral uh, finger waggers on the coast want us to believe, Eddie. It's just it's so interesting for me to see, to kind of experience the Spanish tradition in this part of the country. Uh, I actually have, have relatives. My, my father's first cousin married a woman from Puerto Rico, and so I'm actually related to, I guess, technically Latinos. Uh, we had our, our cousins, um, Ashley and Shelly, great, two great girls who've grown up to be full-grown women with families of their own. And it, it's just... Boy, Boy, it must be easy if you're if you're Elizabeth Warren. You you, you know you, you just put people in boxes and you think of people in, in demographic groups as, as voting blocks or as uh, victims. And and the, the the Hispanic Latino call it whatever you experience in this country is is very rich. 
and diverse within its own group. Yes. Uh, it's right. so fascinating. When I, some of the most anti-illegal immigration people I've ever yes, met in my life. Yes, they're Hispanics. Are, are people of, of you know, 11th generation people oh, of Spanish yes. extraction in the American Southwest. If you tried to explain it to someone like Elizabeth Warren, they wouldn't even understand it. You wouldn't understand it. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 You are not related to those people. The people that are in Mexico are not your kinfolk. Just understand that. And the cholos out in uh, in uh, <laughs> in Pico Rivera over there, they're not your people either. No, you were here way before they were. No. So anyway, uh, Black Lives Matter leader uh, gets in a heated Fox News exchange. I thought this was and and <clears throat> Eric Adams, by the way, the newly minted uh, New York City mayor. He's black. He's yep. been, I think, beat by the police and all this other stuff, right? Uh, he he comes out and he's like trying to clean things up. Uh, Dowd, if you don't mind, I'm going to hold over just for a few minutes so we can get through the woke is broke uh, segment. Sure. Um, <clears throat> just because we got started so late. Um, Eric Adams says it's about bringing back a sense of protection in our city and not the disorder we feel at this time. Okay, and he had met with the leader of the Black Lives Matter. Now remember, um, Black Lives Matter has sort of two modes. One, gather as much money, buy as many houses in Malibu as you can. Second, the other mode is say Black Lives Matter a thousand times, justify riots and murder and everything else in the street. Like those are the only two. There's no in between. <laughs> right? I think we, we can all agree on that. <clears throat> Eric Adams, black mayor, New York City, says we're going to go after violent crimes. We're witnessing politically over the proliferation of handguns. I'm going to be put in a place put in place an anti-gun unit, plain clothes, and we're going to do a precision policing and go after the gangs and our gun users. Sounds good, right? Uh, not for me, of course, because I don't like going after the guns at any point for anything. But overall, sounds like if you're Black Lives Matter, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're, we're tired of the gunfire on the street, the killing our black youth, et cetera, et cetera. Adams had noted the officers in plain clothes would have body cams on them. Days after he made his declaration to revive the anti-crime unit, Black Lives Matter, Greater New York leader, Walter Hawk Newsom threatened consequences if the controversial NYPD unit returned. There'll be riots. There'll be fire. There'll be bloodshed. He says, there's no way we're going to let some Gestapos come in here and harm our people. We pray for peace, but black opportunities prepare for the worst. He's literally issuing a threat. Based yeah. upon that threat and who he's leading, shouldn't he be arrested immediately? Here's, he, he, he goes a step further. We have people in the city council who can create problems for the mayor. We have people in the streets who can create problems for this administration by shutting it down. I, I believe we heard something similar when Black Lives Matter met with one Tim Keller here. I was thinking, just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Adams met, actually, he knows the Black Lives Leader movement and, uh, and members of the Black Lives Matter. It, you know what organization needs to go the F away right now? It's Black Lives Matter in every segment of this country. The whole thing is a complete and total charade from top to bottom. It's part of their marketing, their black power BS, and it needs to stop. Right. And uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, last year, our first congressional district representative, uh, you know, in, in my heart, she's always lonely girl. You may know her as Melanie Stansbury. She retweeted a big graphic of Black Lives Matter. Well, of course she was. It's a white woman. I mean, what all of these um, I, we, we went through this whole entire thing. Dad. Remember, we went to the middle aged white women that adopt black younger yep, men yep, yep, and yep, fund yep. them. And uh, we, we talked about juries that were awfully sympathetic to younger black men. 
you know, they all have this sort of fascination, you know, when their little guy, their little project is going to get out of jail and they start dating these guys. Mm -hmm. This is what happens. Okay. So uh, Adams met with Newsom and members of the Black Lives Matter Greater New York, uh, a self-described group of criminal justice reform and basic public safety, fair and equal access education, etc. However, the meeting ended with Newsom unsatisfied with the measures of the incoming mayor. He's black. Isn't that enough? Right, you got yourself your black mayor that you want. Black Lives Matter. You're gonna get. I mean, you're negotiating. Oh well, Eric Adams is representing too many people that aren't black, apparently. Newsom, who wore a critical race theory is American history sweatshirt during the Fox News interview, claimed that Adams does not have a plan to help Black Lives Matter. There it is, folks. couple of uh, wraps here before we hit the top five of the day. Uh, math is racist, according to the latest. Uh, I, I, when I read this out and I look at the bottom, last month the post-millennial reported California is set to adopt new math teaching principles that are based in critical race theory. These changes, which include de-emphasizing calculus and pulling programs for academically gifted students, will apply, quote-unquote, social justice principles to math lessons. <laughs> These guidelines claim the mathematics is developed in a way that has excluded many students. Because of these inequities, teachers need to work consciously to counter radicalized or gendered ideas about mathematics achievements, according to the guidelines. And uh, finally, our biggest affirmative action hire in the history of this country, uh, Kamala Harris. Great write-up. Absolutely so great. great write-up in the Federalist. I, I, I doubt I'll let you snip this and go straight to your five but i gotta tell you this 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 article is literally perfect it's like dropping a giant bomb on kamal and he heals up harris uh who literally sucked her way straight to the top doubt yeah and, and eddie i think we, we talked the other day about some of the politicians in uh what uh, waukesha who were saying some pretty bold things about the people suffering from that horrific act of, of I guess, domestic terrorism, mass murder, that, that punk who drove through the, the crowd, uh, you know, dropping some really big truth bombs. This piece in the Federalist, you know, these are pretty mainstream conservative folks, but they went all medieval on, on Kamala, on, on heels of Harris. Um, Harris is an, it was an affirmative action hire, and her interest in the job was limited to the photo op she could partake of as a woman of color in the White House. It's very, very, uh, I mean, this is great stuff. Harris is not going to get serious about her role because she's never believed it was serious to begin with. Uh, she was only Biden's running mate, uh, you know, because, well, a, a, woman, a woman of color. She has no other qualifications. Uh, Democrats themselves rejected her during the primaries. A lot of people might not even remember that she was a candidate in, in the primaries. Uh, she was dropped even before the first uh, form primary, her sole contribution to Biden was her status as a black woman. There has been no indication that Harris is interested in doing anything other than looking in charge, even as she shirks all responsibility. I'll have this in the show notes tonight. This is a dynamite piece. At the end of the year, I would still say one of the best commentaries of the year. (laughs) Stop trying to make her something that she isn't, Vice President. Dowd, lay it on us, our top five. Yeah, folks, these are the most clicked items, as I call them, uh, from uh, today's Daily Blast. You can get that in your email inbox at 4 a.m. Got to subscribe, 20 cents a day, rockoftalk.chat. Eddie, number one, great piece by Albuquerque Raw, a very angry, dare say, raw piece. Uh, A child has been killed by an off-road vehicle. Who is accountable and where is Tim Keller? 
Wow. So uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call Dan Klein's BS out on that. Uh, that was written after we had already been talking about that. But hey, Dan is running for ABQ Raw, and uh, they're trying to get some traction there. Yeah, I'm glad that we got them some clicks and some licks and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's where it's going to stop. Given Dan Klein's associations and uh, some of the work that he's done, in my opinion, that has been questionable in the way that mm-hmm. he's uh, certainly interfaced with me, I think we'll stop there as far as anything else that will print uh, either by uh, Dan or I think even Dennis at this point. Uh, I don't even know if Dennis even writes any longer. Uh, it's been really erratic with him lately. I, you know, they'll go weeks at a time without putting something up there. But uh, Yeah, great guy. Hey, hey. Uh, very, very entertaining. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I no think he's there. only stormed out of my studio two times by the way. wow yeah two times yeah even i haven't done that twice uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right number two speaking of uh, number two was of course the piece up in las vegas we discussed this earlier in the show yep. two people shot dead yep. up in pecos uh, number three and eddie i'm really proud that, that i stumbled into this we've got a lot of readers who are interested in right to life issues uh this was a great piece laying out uh, five times the mainstream media has been hypocritical on the issue of treating fetuses as babies oh, yes. um and I'm starting to put some more pro-life stuff into the Daily Blast, and I'm thankful that people are clicking on it. Clearly, they want to see more of it, and I will be providing more of it to them. And uh, thanks for that indication, folks. Let me, uh, let me wipe uh, them off very quickly, and then you can read the rest of it. Unborn sure, sure. child. I have a baby in my belly from conception to old age. Beautiful black unborn baby. And pregnancy announcements are about babies, not fetuses. So yep, yep. how do you do that? So there you go. There's the crazy liberal media. Oh, it's an inconvenience. Yeah, folks, Uh, let let me just tell you, there is nothing more soul-sucking in your entire life than hearing or being involved in an abortion, period, the end. That uh, child has a right to live, period, and I think we need to make that a bigger topic of conversation uh, going forward. I think it's just like voodoo eats at Haiti. I think abortion is what eats at uh, the heart of New Mexico, Doug. Yeah, I think it does, and I, you know, listen, you don't have to be a religious person to find abortion objectionable. I'm a, I'm an atheist, and I, I think the science is very clear on this. Beating heart, unique DNA, unique blood type, uh, recoiling from pain. Uh, the unborn child, uh, if it's not life, it's awfully damn close, and the way we blithely just consider abortion to just be a solution to a problem in our country and we don't think about the moral implications it horrifies me ladies and gentlemen uh number four the the piece we just discussed the federalist uh this was in the daily blast but i'll put it in the show notes tonight stop trying to rehab affirmative action hire kamala harris uh and number five very interesting piece eddie the important new mexico department of game and fish is considering stocking hybrid striped bass yeah is that going to be good is that uh, you know i don't know enough about it but I know we have hunters and fishermen in our audience, and so I wanted to get that out to them. And uh, just another clear indication of our audience. And, uh, you know, we got some real people out there doing real things in outdoor New Mexico. I don't know anything about them, their uh, ecosystems, <laughs> but this striped bass show, show do eat well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out on the Ute Lake. There you go. All right, uh, D-Down, uh, we'll let you go for the day, and I'll see you tomorrow. You, and hopefully we'll be back uh, and ready to go. I appreciate the additional five minutes that uh, – Dowd uh, has given us. Uh, we also wanted to do a little top news and doubt fun. Missed out on Hunter Biden, uh, uh, Glenn Maxwell, and uh, corruption update. Also wanted to touch about. I mean, folks, this show was so well prepared. Um, I mean, we can go for days and talk about stuff. Also wanted to touch upon UFOs. Uh, Cuomo, we love the Rona. Uh, we we dabbled a little bit uh, with abortion, and then some good news. And uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to see it, folks. 
Uh, Tiger Woods uh, is going to be making his pro golfing return with his son, Charlie, at the PNC Championship. And that's going to be next week, and it's going to be for the very first time since uh, his auto crash. Uh, and the 45-year-old is, uh, and it's a beautiful, you should see how much, there's no more special relationship than with the dad and his son. And it's being a father of two boys, uh, two boys of which I've uh, regretfully been away from. And I've missed so much and I've uh, thought about incessantly um, and just thinking uh, what Tiger Woods has been through and having put my children through golf lessons last year, I just kind of say like this particular story just absolutely touched my heart. It is absolutely everything. Your kids are a gift and the most important thing uh, in the world if you're a father uh, or a mother. And uh, just seeing Tiger uh, Woods's relationship with his son, Charlie, uh, will bring total tears to your eye and it'll also make your Christmas at the very same time. So the uh, father-son uh, tournament begins uh, December 18th at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, Florida. Uh, so I'll be watching that this weekend from the friendly confines of hanging out with my sister, uh, which is pretty cool out in uh, Texas. So even though it's going to be cold, we do a little indoor tobogganing and things like that. So um, this was a an almost fatal uh, wreck for Tiger Woods back on February 23rd at uh, Rolling Hills Estates in uh, California. And it's been a long and challenging year for Tiger because it took him, I think, like 30 days just to get out of bed and another uh, 40 days or so of recovery. He was uh, nearly in the hospital for 70 days. So this is a big uh, return for him. I don't know that we'll ever see Tiger ever operate at top form again or get to the point where um, you know he once was. But uh, regardless of whatever you think of Tiger and regardless of what you think of um, his golfing abilities or him uh, personally, uh, based upon his uh, foibles and peccadillos, I will tell you that Tiger Woods will go down in history as the greatest golfer of all time, much like um, Muhammad Ali in boxing, Michael Jordan, uh, no matter how many LeBron wins, whatever, it will always be Michael Jordan. You know, the people who did it first, who paved the way are the people, you know, Wayne Gretzky in hockey. You won't have the greatest Tom Brady in football. These, these are things that will be unchallenged, uh, in my opinion, forever forever so when you think about that and then baseball i don't even know who the you would consider the uh, greatest uh, baseball player and all that but um, there you go so i'm not sure what was somebody on there i just heard something right there so anyway uh this uh saturday and sunday tiger woods with his uh, son charlie so be sure to tune in and i'm sure that'll get more tune-ins than anything that you guys have seen uh, all year long. It's just a, a beautiful, beautiful sight. Uh, former NFL player, Philip Adams. Uh, you might remember him as the uh, rampager uh, from South Carolina. He had suffered multiple injuries during his six-year NFL career, um, but they're going to state uh, that he was suffering from encephalopathy or CTE uh, when he gunned down six people uh, before taking his own life uh, this past April. The attack occurred in Rock Hill, just across South Carolina border on April 7th. Um, and you've got more details that are emerging from more of these uh, NFL players, uh, some of them coming into uh, big, large amounts of money for the very first time. This is probably an absolutely ridiculous story. Um, and if you haven't heard it, it involves uh, a uh, Los Angeles uh, Raiders uh, player by the name of Henry Ruggs III, uh, he was part of the Las, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, some details have emerged yesterday from the car accident involving him. Uh, he is facing over 50 years in prison for DUI, causing death and felony reckless driving. The man was driving 156 miles an hour while intoxicated. 
He struck another vehicle, caused the death of 23-year-old Tina Tintor. The manner of Tintor's death was not known until just this week, and according to the medical examiner, she burned to death in the accident. She also suffered from smoke inhalation and several broken bones after being hit. Uh, Tina died from internal injuries due to a motor vehicle collision. According to the statement from Clark County Coroner Melanie Rose uh, on November 2nd, other significant conditions contributing to death were inhalation of products of combustion, fractures of the nasal bones, right-sided ribs, left forearm. The manner of her death was accidental. It was a horrifying accident that gets worse with every new detail that comes out. He remains on house arrest, unfortunately, not in jail, with strict conditions after posting $150,000 bail. After the accident, he has ankle-wrapped GPS on one leg and alcohol monitoring device on the other leg. And finally, um, I do have another another NFL uh, horrible story. Folks, just don't watch the NFL. Get away from this crap. Seriously. I don't even, I'm not even interested. The Cardinals are doing better than they ever done. I don't give a crap about the Arizona Cardinals. I don't give a crap about NFL football. I don't give a crap about these athletes. They don't give a crap about anything but themselves from their black lives matter to taking a knee to turning their back on the flag. You need to punish these people, make them responsible for the political positions that they have decided to take and for attempting to try and turn our 45th president into the racist that he absolutely wasn't. And then with that, I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, I do want to read some uh, final text for all the people that are texting in. Uh, Eddie, I helped a woman friend of mine pay for an abortion. She was depressed for years, and I'm still destroyed about it. P.S. I was not the father. I never spoke about it to anyone until you just now, and of course her. I felt terrible and probably will forever. You will feel that forever, no doubt about it. Eddie, your audio quality is better than usual, despite all the problems. Thank you. See, I appreciate the, you checking in. We're just still working with the board. Uh, Eddie, good to hear your voice after the struggle. You really are coming in very strong. Not sure what mic you're using now. Worked for GE, setting up studios with PE250 color cameras. Ah, Trevor, check me out, and we'll get you in there. Uh, Eddie, boycott, boycott, uh, boycott, poop joy. Just say no. I'm going. Uh, I'm ready to go watch these uh, five Mormon siblings, you know, uh, blasted out on the keys. So I'm super excited. They all got admitted to Juilliard School. They're a beautiful family, and I'm going to watch them play piano. So you're not going to stop me. I don't care how much you try to guilt me. I have done almost absolutely nothing. It's time for me to live my life. It's time for me to be in my boy's life. It's time for me to, you know, stop living in this guilt-trodden. I'm a good person. I've been a good person. I've done good things in my life, and I will do good things with my life. And I'm going to do that this Friday. I'm going to reconnect with my sister, reconnect with my family. I'm no longer going to, you know, be doing uh, part of the life that I was before. And I got to tell you, I'm uh, terribly, terribly excited about the, the next chapter of my life. Uh, Eddie, I went to hate in 74, was attending mortuary college. It was bad, sabotaging and druggies. Eddie, at least uh, tiny Tim tents are cheaper than tiny Tim homes. That's from Don. I got to start doing my uh, show sitting down. This is pretty good. The Compassion Center name is to set up to get donations. Okay, there we go. Wish I could play some music for you on the way out. Um, the... Uh, Music that would have been played for you today, uh, very quickly for you. Johnny Cash, uh, Folsom Prison Blues, back in 1955, that's when he released it. Uh, hear the train it coming. 73, Charlie Rich is the most beautiful girl in the and one of the cheesiest commercials you've ever seen in the most ridiculous blue suit uh, you've ever seen, but a great uh, song man uh, nonetheless. 79, video killed the radio star by the Buggles, reached its chart peak of number 40 on August 1st, 20, 1981, but it became the first music video played on MTV. Record stores in areas with high keyboard penetration were baffled when folks showing uh, showed up looking for the song. And finally, on this day back in 1990, Rod Stewart married Rachel Hunter, telling reporters, I put my last banana in the fruit bowl. There you go, Rod. Uh, 
Oh, Rod. I'll see you tomorrow at 4.